0: Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to another week of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. Well, we're here. We're back in the basement. I feel I was gonna clean down here. I really was because, like, that's I've been doing laundry like a like somebody who does a lot of laundry because I got my new washer in, and I will say it again, I got a cheap washer for sale, but fuck a front loader because nothing gets clean and I've been doing sheets. I've been doing everything. I feel like my grandmother all of a sudden freaking, just do I swear to God, that's what that lady did. Like all day long was laundry. I love Ida. Well, she was kind of mean to me, but whatever Ida, wherever you ended up in your life, I still love you. Um, uh, mopeds, man. Like, I, I don't know what it is, dude. Like I love, I just love them. Like, I got a stock bike going and there's a running joke now that I get stock bikes and I sell them right away, even though I want to keep them. But like the thing about it is the one or like people don't come over and see me a lot and it is what it is. But like anytime a team rando comes over to see me, they're like, Oh, do you got one for sale? And I'll be like, here you go. And it's, I don't make any money on them people because it's mopeds and like, I'm not I'm not going to be making my mortgage payment on a moped sale. Trust me. Um, like, and I, I I got that stock bike running for my buddy who got his stolen. And then I jumped on my Fast Hobbit the same day. And it's like, I enjoy equally both of them. Because, like, there's something stupid, fun about riding a stock bike around. And just this, the thrill of going 25 miles an hour or... Also, the exhilarating, like, feel of, like, edge of the lightning bolt, 60 miles an hour, blasting traffic on a county road in St. Paul. Like, I fucking love them both. I love mopeds. Like, you know, I just, I still enjoy this shit, even though, like, I'll get in my moods. Like, oh. And I got, I've been doing a lot of reflecting again on Bakers. Like, every once in a while, like, I'll just put that, I'll put that part of my life in kind of a corner and like not think and not reflect because like there was so much shit that went down that like you couldn't it it'll take a long time to kind of process everything on that and I'm still doing my best to get everybody from uh, bakers on here and um, I this person I've had some miscommunications with a few group, few people so Rory will get you on here I apologize I'm the jerk. Um, but I didn't know a lot of people on Bakers this year. Like I, I knew Jordan and I knew Daryl kind of, even though I called Daryl the wrong name, um, forever and ever. And I knew Mars and Fred and kind of the fake Cowboys face. The Boston crew, I had no clue. Like Kelly, I think we saw each other's face here and there. And this is another person I had zero absolutely zero knowledge about and i still don't know a hell heck of a lot about this person but like we had some interesting experiences together and like i just want to get to know this person a lot better so i asked this person to come on the show so why don't why don't you just introduce yourself
1: yeah thanks for having me on jim Um, so my name's Sierra. I'm currently in Boston as part of one of the, I believe, Massa Kits is what we've decided on for our name. Finally, after assessing permutations of Schutzburgler and other things. You Um, know, I
0: I still love Fred's original one, Smile. Like that was, that was um, an idea. I still love it. I still love it. But you know, you guys do you.
1: There were other people that wanted us to just be called shit as a joke. Um, (laughs) And I'm sort of glad that one did not win out no. at
0: the end of the day. That one's like the five-year-old like fart joke that's funny for like two minutes. And then like the person like me still thinks it's funny like 10 years later and everybody else like you're an idiot. Like, why would you do that?
1: I think it would have been kind of funny to have just stickers that are like the like the old got milk type of font. And then it just says shit <laughs> <laughs> casually on a milk carton.
0: But did shit stand for anything or was it just shit? I uh, mean,
1: abbreviation for Schittsburg, which is the shop that we all rent out together here. Um, yeah,
0: but like nobody else, like, I mean, some people know it now, but like nobody no one gets, gets it. no one would get the shit. Like, okay, nope. if you put got Schittsburg, I would understand that. But like, if I saw a milk carton with got shit on it, I'd be like,
1: huh? Yeah, I also think the other problem too is Schittsburg sounds like Pittsburgh. And like, yeah. you know, it's not really who we are and what we're about here. I the, I think my favorite thing about Boston is that it's sort of a random not collection Pittsburgh. of different people. <laughs> I have no hard feelings against Pittsburgh.
0: No, I love Pittsburgh. I love the Mopet Boys. Um, yeah, it's great, great people. Great action. Um mm-hmm. But Sierra, here on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journey, i.e. the very first time they ever saw a moped, to you know, smile ride, middle part of the journey, what it's like today. So Sierra, let me ask you, what is your very first memory of a moped, not necessarily getting on, but like the first time you can conceptually recognize that is a moped?
1: Yeah, so you had Zach on previously. Um, Mm -hmm. Zach and I were actually roommates in college for a summer before we ever actually ended up dating each other later. And he is the one that sort of got me into this hobby. Mm. And so it was like during that summer, he has this like iconic yellow Pook Maxi that Mm -hmm. he rides around on all the time. It was his first moped that he had since he was like 16 before he could drive a car. And he'd introduced me to mopeds by way of that bike, which at the time I think was his only bike. I don't think he'd actually gotten his Magnum built out. But it was just like this very like ratchet small creature of a bike um, that he just kind of kept in the garage or the driveway behind the house we were renting. And it was also like kind of a funny point of contention because there's definitely other memories I have later of like them having parties there. And then Zach would be really excited to show people the moped. And he would just walk out and start this engine in this like small residential area where the neighbors are just like, Oh my God, what is this a gunshot? Like what is happening?
0: That shit makes me so happy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it. I just have this memory forever, like ingrained in my head of the neighbors sort of getting upset. And at the time, Zach was really trying to talk me into getting one of these bikes as well. But (laughs) I was sort of, I'm like a chronically responsible type A person. So I was like, this thing is going to be a money pit and it's just never going to run. And I'm in college and I don't have the patience to deal with this right now. Because, of course, he also prefaced it with, like, you know, this thing will break down and it'll probably strain you, but it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Isn't that and... – that's that's a responsible moped person right there because I've had this conversation with many people and telling them, like, do you want a lifestyle and something that's an utter obsession? Or do you want something that will actually get you to the liquor store like you want because you probably want to screw
2: yeah.
1: that? yeah. So, and then over the course of that summer, we would have these other rides with just other friends of his, um, who he also got into mopeds. And like, I also remember like people being broken down, we went out to Bristol, um, I think technically still in Rhode Island. But it was kind of nuts because we went out on a ride and then, like, two of the three bikes just broke and people nice. were stranded. And it had to be this huge ordeal of like finding someone's truck and, and packing them back along the beach.
2: That's, but yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, that said, fast forward two years. And... What was
0: your first ride though? What did you, how did you finally get to? Was it Zach's Maxi or did you and, finally oh. get?
1: Yeah. So it was Zach's maxi, Um, and it was just kind of in the burbs around Providence, Rhode Island, which is where mm-hmm. we were going to school. And it, you know, it was just, it was really cool. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you get on these things and it's like a much more exciting thing than just going out on a bicycle and, you know, everything it feels like you're going a million miles an hour, even mm-hmm. though it's just this like tiny little rattle can of a bike.
0: No. Was this a and- stock one still at this point?
1: I think it was kitted then, okay. but it might have been pretty mild and I think yeah. he's only got like a fifty cc kit on it now. Oh, it, okay. It doesn't do yeah. anything crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: No, no. That's always um that first ride in especially on a stock bike is pretty rad. hmm Um where were you guys going to school? Like is that Brown there or yeah. Boston College? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we met each other at Brown. Um and then ended up starting to date each other senior year and then move to Boston and now live together in Boston in this funky moped commune of everybody.
0: <laughs> Boston is a, it's the secret city of mopeds right now. Like I say that about every city one see, one season it's Richmond. Another time Toledo still got a hell of a stronghold. And not right mm-hmm. now I'm discovering Boston's like the smartest moped people. Um, <laughs> Sierra's like nodding her head, kind of being humble about that. Yeah. Um,
1: we- we have an admixture of like, you know, young software people. I wonder what your
0: biologists. medium I media IQ rating is and the whole oh shit. Oh my story. god. Dude, that's just gotta us. be bat, that shit's gotta be bat and like 160. Um,
1: <laughs> We're just like ready to build these crazy fast mopeds with science.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I keep on telling Sam, let's just keep it simple, man. We'll just keep it like Sam and I chat back and forth and like whatever, but your story. Um, so you got, you rode that max a little bit. Did you get the smile ride or was it like, eh, or was it like, what was, what was it like that first ride for you?
1: So I think it was really cool and I liked it, but I'm also, like I said, like super type A and very practical. So for me, it was kind of like a, Oh, this is fun, but I don't really think I'm going to own one of these Mm-hmm. and then of course fast forward two years and I'm like oh wow I'm in the city now and I really want one of these because it, it eventually progressed to once we'd moved and had more of a reason to ride them and then also I was no longer in school so I was less intimidated about needing to dump money into parts to fix it um get your I had kind more of first adult
0: job you can probably afford yes yeah
1: exactly and so then I had more opportunities to like ride Zach's maxi and he had the magnum at that point um which I guess he might have had at the same time as the house but I think he had it stored in a slightly different spot because I don't remember seeing it a lot that first initial summer Mm -hmm. but yeah and then we would like go out on these rides and he would like loan me the maxi and this is really before we would go on rides with like a lot of the Boston people. Cause we didn't really know of them in the social sense that we do now where we hang out with them. So it was more just like Zach and I would go out on rides on his bikes. I would have fun with it um, and enjoyed being able to zip around on the maxi. I wasn't like using it for any long-term purpose or anything like that. But eventually Zach talked me into buying my own because mm-hmm. You know, it's fun. I wanted my own project and wanted the ownership of having it. And then of course, we broke the cardinal sins of moped ownership, according Uh-oh. to Moped Army. Let's hear it. And we went and bought a non-running Saks Prima G three for me.
0: It's not the world. no it, I'm Sax gets such a bad rap. They're not they're not the worst bike in the world. It's not a it's not a friction drive AMC Roadmaster. and like Nah, dude, sex, get a bad rap.
1: It wasn't the worst, but the problem was was that the kids that had it before us, I do not know what they did that caused it to not run. They didn't know what
0: they did either.
1: They didn't either. (laughs) But like minimal fidgeting um, and I think like a card clean, like the basic stuff, eventually got it to run. And then in the first 15 minutes of riding it, we hard seized it near my house.
2: Yes! Yes! And
1: that's the point where I realized that Saks 501, the, the D engine has the cylinder jug mm-hmm. and they're very expensive to fix. And I got mm-hmm. to learn all about like, how do you actually hone a cylinder and how does this work? And of course I'm like freaking out because I just spent like $500 on this moped mm-hmm. and then it's immediately turning into this huge money pit, which like it, you know, it, the the con rod got really hot. Once we ended up taking it apart, like it was just bent. So it was just utterly like destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up going about ordering all of the replacement parts. And so I got to ride my first moped for all of less than 15 minutes. And
2: that then we sucks. spent the whole
1: winter rebuilding it. <laughs> and at this point we met and started to get a little more involved with Schittsburg people um and the general boston community but like i i would say zach was much more involved socially with mopeds than i was because i was still more in it for like a oh i want this thing to like work but i don't really enjoy working on bikes yet
0: okay and zach zach i know you keep bringing him up but zach is a social butterfly yes once he kind of breaks out of his shell because like yeah i don't think i don't think i talked to him for like the first two days on bakers like i didn't talk i didn't talk to anybody i was just we're all that was such a weird way to meet anyone. tunnel vision
2: doing it, our thing
0: it, yes yes
1: Hmm. Yeah. yeah so the yeah so anyway so long story short we finally got that bike fixed and then spring rolls around we're getting ready to be able to run it and then we finally put a lot of gas in the tank and of course discover that it just has pinholes all over the tank
0: it gets better and better baby yeah Yep.
1: so at that point zach's like oh you know we can do this red coat thing and i'm just getting like more and more upset because i'm like what did i get myself into like Mm -hmm. i cannot believe i let myself talk and get talked into this and so i kind of just hold on
0: hold on hold on hold on you didn't get talked into shit because i believe you're the type of person you are not going to be able to talk you into anything this was you begrudgingly got a bad deal and you wanted to blame everybody else on that, but nobody Indeed. talked you into shit. Like I, I'm going to call a spade a spade there.
1: No, that's fair. Um, and I think I just didn't really conceptualize at the time, like how much work it actually is to get one and keep it running. So I Yeah, like, because when you're first getting involved with mopeds, you're just kind of, you don't think of all of these little things mm-hmm. and all of the ways in which it can actually go wrong. <laughs> and so these problems just kept culminating on top of one another. And then at this point, of course, Zach had the magnum. So I was kind of like, well, what if we get rid of this and I, I get something simpler? Because this sax is clearly not treating me right. Mm-hmm. And I'm in over my head on how to keep this thing running. So Zach being a very good soul and also, you know, the person I'm in a relationship with. So he took pity upon me, bought me out from under that sax. At which point he was interested in trying to buy another Magnum because he wanted the parts to just cosmetically make his nicer. Mm -hmm. And we both found the same Facebook marketplace ad for this kid selling one out in Lowell okay and we both messaged him and then we sort of had a bit of a kerfuffle because i was like but i want this magnum because now i wanted a real running moped and he mm-hmm. wanted it as well and we'd, we'd had a couple of other back and forths about stuff like this because there's a really beautiful ups magnum that was also for sale outside of boston that got sold before either of us got to it
2: yeah so we're those like things they go to,
1: up they're gone yeah, we're, like, trying to flock around these things like flies, and just kept turning up dry, and then finally found this one in Lowell. Took a, I think it was just, like, a transit van zip car up really roughly to get it last minute, and then I basically rode in the back of this transit van, most of the way back from Lowell, holding this moped, because we didn't even really have good straps for it.
0: That's all So, so awesome. I'm just, like,
1: worried about dying a little bit. We got it back. <laughs> But this was a much better start because this moped was at least running. Okay. Uh, The kid that was selling it did not know how to tighten the chain correctly. So it was just like flopping around and making this horrible noise as it was like shredding the back fender.
0: Yes. But because of that, we're
1: like, hey, how's 700 bucks sound? Because this is like kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I thought we already agreed to that. Meanwhile, it's listed for Facebook marketplace on nine. And we had not discussed the price at all before then.
2: <laughs> so
1: I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. So we got it back, fixed the chain. And then I ran that bike stock in Boston, just being the slowest person that rides for like a year. It was a ZA 50 Magnum two.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I still have this bike. But then eventually, as I'm doing more moped things, it sort of was evolving more into like, Oh, well, okay. Now I want to go faster. Now it's not fun just being the last person in the pack anymore. So we actually bought like E50 cases from Zach Richards over at Pike's. Mm -hmm. And then. Because that, that,
0: that's, that's kind of, I I know where you're coming from on that. And I think everybody identifies because it kind of sucks being the last one and like losing the pack and like, then you're an idiot like at least you're not an idiot like me and like some other people like let's just see how fast we can make these damn things like um but yeah that's that's interesting the uh, the evolving of speed for people because a lot of times if we would not to met the community these all would be stock still
1: yes absolutely and so of course we have other people egging us on and i'm like wanting to be able to go faster and keep up with all the people that are doing these cool rides because we're more involved at this point. But I'm still, it wasn't really until, I guess to jump to a punchline slightly, I wasn't as into building mopeds until really after Baker's. Because I think Baker's is really a point where it catalyzed. And I could see that like building these mopeds sort of itches the same itch that science does for me. Mm -hmm. Because you can like change all of these variables and then really see how they impact how the engine runs and how the bike performs. And I think that that was really, really cool to get exposure to in a, a very, like, intense pressure cooker way in the way that Baker's oh, yeah. was.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we'll go, we'll go through your Baker's trip. Don't worry, like yeah. that. You good, you. Fuck, you guys were awesome. You're my heroes. Um yeah. <laughs> But so you're starting to evolve in this. And what years is this? Like we didn't really start a timeline because, like, for me, it's all. I'm kind of. I'm not math like you and science like you, but like. I got to make the puzzle fit. So like what year is this happening in?
1: Yeah. So Zach and I graduated in 2019 and then went to Boston. And so it was kind of later in 2019, probably fall.
0: So we're talking right before the long, long ago and before times, basically. Yeah, yeah, before
1: times. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I want to say it was late 2019, somewhere into 2020, because we definitely spent the winter rebuilding. So that was the saga of the sax and then we got the magnum and I've had that magnum for a while. Like I only just had to re-up the registration on it, like probably two years. So yeah, I want to say 2019.
0: Where's the sax today?
1: We sold it to a teacher who is using it to commute and I, I hope he is okay if he ever finds this podcast and that he <laughs> enjoyed that bike because we did try to introduce him to the, the broader community, but he seemed more into the riding and less into the social.
0: Some people that things. they just don't want it, you know, I get it. Um Yeah. But so twenty nineteen, you're you you are building all that winter and mm-hmm. then the world shuts down. What's that like for you guys in Boston? Or what's that like for you as like a new person in mopeds and like you're starting to discover the scene? Like how was all that for you at that point? I
2: don't think it
1: was super bad in the sense that, you know, a lot of like during COVID, right, like that was kind of one of the only places where like, because I mean, that said, there are some people we didn't necessarily run into super frequently, but like shop space was sort of treated as like kind of outside for us. And so it was kind of one of the only places where you could go to just spend time and do projects and get out of your house. Mm mm-hmm. And I think Zach definitely enjoyed a lot of that, maybe slightly at the time more than me, because I wasn't as into the building of bikes. Um, And then I guess the other thing is just for me, like I've never been able to do anything like work from home for COVID, just because I can't really have a biology lab in my basement.
0: No, imagine that. Yeah, they frown upon that stuff and
1: Yeah. And, and I was helping with COVID testing for a period of time and then that sort of evolved. And yeah, so like I, the moped garage was always like a nice place to just go and still be able to kind of see people and do somewhat social things.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. See, like, I'm kind of, I'm not, and I am like, this is totally different from like your work life. And like mopeds is kind of like, I just went back to work. Like I, I work yeah. on CNC parts benders, I work on CNC lasers. And like, I jokingly say they're just big mopeds cause they break all the time. And like, mm-hmm. I'm always working. But what is that like for you leaving a very precise, um, work life and going to like, it's just mopeds. It's good enough. Like, man, like.
2: I
1: think that it's been really interesting because As, like, a very new person, I don't really know, like, what the gray area is all the time in terms of, like, how, well, how, how shitty is actually okay for this (laughs) thing to somewhat run. And there's definitely been times where, because I've been learning, like, I just haven't known how to fix certain things. Or, like, I would roll up, for example, on this, I remember one ride I rolled up, and then Dave, who's one of the older guys in Boston, was just, like, Oh, like your chain is starting to get loose. Like we need to fix this right now. And it's really easy. And of course I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Like, is my tire going to fall off? <laughs> um, and then there's Dave like another... is a
0: sweetheart. right? Triped Dave.
1: He's, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, super helpful. Like total moped grandpa really yep. appreciate him.
0: Yeah. Super, super um, nice guy.
1: And that's like the thing I like too, is there's so many people in Boston that are so willing to help you learn as a new moped person. And we're very not hierarchical and structured like some of the other gangs that I've seen at rallies and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just like, it's very much a free-for-all of people kind of helping people figure things out who like to work on bikes together. So yeah, I guess to answer that question, the, the, um, the overall dynamic of it like I really like, and it just kind of has been evolving sort of in the scope of getting used to the problems and like figuring out what is actually operable. And it's Mm -hmm. been interesting too, because there's definitely certain people in Boston, they're very much like, oh yeah, send it, it'll be fine. And then other people who are like, no, this is the manual. This is the torch set. This is what you (laughs) should do or you're going to break your shit and you're going to get stranded somewhere. Um, And I think I'm like somewhere skewing towards like read the manual and understand like why the thing needs to be that way.
0: There's a, there's definitely a weird balance. Cause like there's, I know for myself earlier in my moped life, like it was very precise, read the manual and all that. Mm-hmm. And you should do that and get a foundation because then you can learn what the fuck you can get away with. Because that's, yeah. that's, you have to have, you can't just be a hack and like, mm-hmm have your fender falling off on rides are like, oh, I'm going to fix it with zip ties. It's not a big deal. Oh, my God. Like, oh, dude, that stuff. And, like, people like that, like, I love everybody in mopeds, but, like, people like that, I will yell at. Like, because I Mm -hmm. care about them and I'll let them know you are an effing idiot. Don't effing do that. Like, stop it. And, you know, whatever. Um, But you talked about rallies for a minute. Like, what was a, and especially, like, with the with the k- shutdown happening like what was your first real experience of a rally or moped culture? like
1: so boston does a thing where we sort of book out a spot of together up in acadia mm-hmm. and it's like not really a formal rally because it's not really like the games and and the things that you see and it's not like a million people traveling from out of state or anything like that it's like a much kind of smaller and more local group thing
0: it's a Which ride. I, we'll, I mean, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, it's more of a ride, but like, so I was getting sort of snapshots because people would do these like weekly rides in Boston, but mm-hmm. kind of the first real time where we went out and did a lot of these, this type of a, an event with moped people, um, and I just remember like being very into it was when we went up to Acadia, because like Bridget came along, Zach and I were there. And it, it was just, like, the first time where we were really, like, or I guess the eye was really, like, con- like, conceptualizing of how really cool and interesting all of the moped people were. And it was just, like, this very, like, wonderful experience just because Everyone was I mean, it was also very chaotic because you're trying to organize these big groups of people to try to, you know, go on a ride up Cadillac Mountain and hopefully no one's shit breaks and we're going <laughs> to figure it out and have a chase and, you know, make it happen. But it, it was just a really, really cool thing um, just to see, like, how all the moped personalities went together. And then, of course, you know, Tripod Dave is like super great about feeding everybody at these types of events. And then people just kind of like bumped music and hung out and did some super sick bonfire tricks later <laughs> in the evening.
0: Was that and, you, was your first year of going to Acadia? Was that this year or last year? Last year. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That,
1: so 20, did you,
0: 2021. Did you get COVID?
1: I did not. I've yeah. never gotten COVID. Somehow.
0: Yeah. yeah. Fingers ne-
1: fingers crossed. Yeah.
0: Knock on the wood. Same here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I heard there's a little little tiny little. Tiny, almost breakout at Acadia. Yeah,
1: we we definitely dodged a bullet, I think, on that one. But eh. th- those are the times we're in, you know? Yeah,
0: you know, it's like it's the new cold, and I'm not trying to minimalize it by any means or anything like that, but, like, it's a new disease we got. Um, Next subject. <laughs> uh, so you did Acadia. You had fun. Um, did you do any, like... 2021 was very sparse as in like rallies like i don't think there's they there was they did the bakers that year they did tell the dragon when did um bakers really become on your radar in any sense
1: so my interest for bakers uh so and so zach was the one in our household that was like oh i'm gonna do this moped race and i'm gonna do a with salmon nova and at this point like You know, Sam, Zach is more integrated with Sam and Nova and and people still. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, like that's that's kind of fucked up. Like, I guess you're going to go do that. Like you have fun with that. Yeah. And then it sort of progressed like a couple months later, it came up that Kelly was interested in doing bakers and needed teammates to do it. Mm -hmm. and at that point Zach's kind of like nudging me he's he's like planting this like seed of (laughs) oh this could be a cool thing that you could do and then eventually I was like okay like sure because we did do a um there's like a mini sort of moped ski thing that Rosanna and Cowboy had hosted Mm -hmm. and so I'd interacted with Kelly and Rosanna more than um I think I'm not flip-flopping the timeline but I remember hanging out with them more than and then of course had found out that Kelly was looking for a teammate and so I was kind of like okay like send it whatever like I think we can make this happen because it shaped up that I was going to be in between jobs and otherwise it would have been like super difficult for me to take that much time off at once Mm -hmm. and then Rosanna was on board I think maybe slightly before me being on board I think it might have been the pair of them and they needed a third And then I was kind of eventually goaded into doing it because Zach was just planting the seed of like, try this out. It might be cool. And you'll just get to see the country. And then the other thing that really. Great places like
0: Nebraska and South Dakota. (laughs) Well,
1: the thing that really baited me in is that I'm originally from Idaho. And Mm -hmm. so I was super pumped when I realized that we were going to go through Southern Idaho. Mm
0: hmm. You're from northern, though, aren't you? Yes.
1: Okay. I'm from basically Canada, a little tiny town called Spirit Lake, which is, like, less than two hours from the Canadian border. Oh,
0: trust me. I'm from Minnesota. Same, same, same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I can be to Canada in, like, three hours, four hours, whatever.
1: Yeah. There's, like, nothing out in these middle-of-nowhere places. But yeah. That's why it was fun to have the idea to like go through Idaho on a moped because that was mm-hmm. something that I would have never otherwise had a reason to do.
0: Exactly. Um, so in what part time of the year is this kind of idea getting kicked around? Was it in the winter or like spring or how did you guys come across your build? Like,
1: Yeah. So it was sort of out of, it was coming out of winter and into spring, I think because my timeline I think my timeline for leaving that job, I was thinking about it sometime in like probably March. And so mm-hmm. it was somewhere in there about where I was really like, okay, this is a thing that we'll do. And then we sort of really quickly established that Kelly had a bike that she, she wanted to run again, which is the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that bike is like a veteran bike that has survived several bakers.
2: <laughs>
1: and it did a great job for us um but yeah so like then it was just a matter of kelly had most of the materials but we of course needed to get it together and then the other thing was was that it's somewhat difficult to sort of organize three different people who are all very busy on different schedules and then rosanna also is not in boston
0: yeah i was gonna say she's a so, little north of you guys isn't she
1: yes and so there was kind of a point where i remember like because i have a lot of other hobbies that i sort of do after work and I sort of paused because it was probably May, about April. But it was getting to be, you know, within two months. Baker's is yeah. happening.
0: It's and not content had, time. Like, yeah, we got to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I had it just like strike me. And I was like, Zach's been gone outside of the house a lot. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder what's happening to our Baker's bike. And so then I really like kind of like followed up with Kelly and I was like, all right, like, I guess we have to do this thing. Cause like she had most of the, the build, but there were certain things that she wanted to add and tune and try different permutations of. And so then it sort of became much more of like a time pressure because mm-hmm. at this point, like, you know, Mars and Fred have been kind of working on their bike for a while. And then Chad was starting to come down with Rosanna about the time that we're really like getting more involved with putting our bike together. Mm -hmm. to make this thing happen and yeah so it was just like a very abrupt and then sort of kind of chaotic experience as you're like really trying to like get everything together i think pressure is one of those things where like having the threat of a deadline really just like makes you get your shit together
0: are oh, you course, crumble like, one of the two yeah
2: <laughs> well i think i crumbled as, well. as hell
0: my first year i tried to do baker so don't even yeah i'm just talking about my experience you are probably an awesome person that probably excels at pressure
1: i think it worked out because kelly was very experienced and i like mm. and had a very good head on her shoulders for kind of carrying us <laughs> as we went about this experience because Roseanne and i Like, I I don't want to speak for her because I think she definitely approached it in her own way, but like, I didn't really know what to expect. And I sort of from the outset was just like, you know, I'm down with the never DNF moniker because I'm okay if we just finish. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a really chaotic thing and I'm just kind of here for the ride and to see how this goes.
0: And like and Kelly her... and Roseanne are kind of moped veterans, and you're still kind of very new to the yes. whole scene. Like, kind of just painting the picture for everybody listening to this right now. So, like, how much? How many bakers has Kelly done? Like,
1: I think this was her fourth.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say she know she's she knew what she was getting into. Roseanne, did she do any?
1: I don't think Rosanna's done bake and Rosanna hadn't done bakers before, okay. but she's, she's done and been very involved with mopeds. Yes. Previously. Yes.
0: That, that I knew that I definitely knew. So like, and you're, you know, a couple years in, but you're in during the Rona time. So it's like six <laughs> In a normal year would be like six months worth of moped experience. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, it was, amazing what you were able to accomplish that's like i'm not trying to minimalize you or your experiences or anything but i'm just like utterly amazed how awesome you are in that whole gamut that you guys went through
2: yeah i well i
1: think it's just kind of nuts because i went from this experience of like oh yeah i'm gonna like run the stock Magnum for a really long time, then eventually working in the territory of getting the E-50 cases from Pike and then building a full E-50 from scratch. And Zach's, of course, helping me a lot. And Royce and Mars were freaking Like Mars is a guru at being able to press bearings with just like a blowtorch and very minimal effort, which like <laughs> I really hope to get there at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm, you know, conceptually understanding how to do a lot of the tasks, but... Like really being super comfortable doing a lot of them myself, like that was definitely like certain basic things. Yes, by the time Bakers came around, but also then you have the whole variable of like this is not my bike, this is a Hobbit. I do not know how to tune a variator. Uh, thankfully, like you know, Kelly had better sense for all of that. Rosanna also had not used the Hobbit before. But she
0: she's ridden varied bikes though. Like I think she like had Peugeots or Chows or something like that. I want to say so. Like
1: she's got a Peugeot one hundred and three. Okay, so like if
0: you if you've run variators before, it's all kind of relative. But like you were single speed, so like this is a whole new world for you. Like
1: it was crazy, and of course at this by this time, Zach's also purchased like a Derby, and I've ridden Mars's Derby before, and varied bikes are like crazy yeah <laughs> I, I like it's one it's one thing to ride your friend's wicked fast varied bike and that's a whole other thing to be like yeah i'm gonna ride this thing and somehow know how to fix it when
2: it breaks
0: mm-hmm. no um, i give everybody who does teams at bakers so much credit because like i'm a control freak in my own sense and like handing that baton to the next person to ride i don't think i could do it like i just i yeah um so like how long did it take you guys to organize your ride situation? Like when did you guys take off? That do you want to kind of paint that picture for me?
1: So leading up to Bakers, I think like one one takeaway we both we all kinda of had, cause like I so I very will say I'm also very appreciative of Kelly and Rosanna because I had a circumstance where I was flying out to visit family before Baker's. And then I was mm-hmm. flying directly to Baker's from visiting my family in Idaho. Oh, wow. So it was really chaotic because it was just kind of like a, okay, bye. I'm leaving Boston now. And then I just left Kelly and Rosanna to load up all of the things. And like up until the point where I left, like Kelly and I were really scrambling to try to get the bike tuned, But that final weekend Rosanna was coming down and then she and Kelly were gonna get the van picked up get it packed and then they themselves drove all the way out to North Platte
0: oh that's, and then, that's a uh, that's a, were, a death march there too like even for Minnesota that was a death march like yeah. from Boston, I give you guys all the credit in the world
1: well I give them all of the credit because mm-hmm. they of course got <laughs> all of our things out there and then picked me up from the tiny airport that's just out in North Platte
0: yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> North uh, Platte. I never, I never knew existed up until like three weeks basically before Baker's. And then my chase driver's mom worked there and it has an airport. What the f- – like more mysteries are being just – yeah, I can't believe. It's
1: nuts. It's like a tiny like one terminal building that sort of – in a way it's like you almost walk into like – it kind of reminds me of a gas station because you just like walk in really roughly <laughs> and then it's open – And you're like, what is this? And you're walking on the tarmac in these little tiny planes.
2: It's like one gate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like it's a very unassuming airport.
0: That's that makes me so happy. Um, And it's at like two, three thousand feet of elevation. I didn't know Nebraska had elevation, so that's another freaking baffling, um, baffling thing to me. So like you guys, you guys made it all there. You rode, uh, are you kind of played around the first day who was riding that first day? Did you get to kind of ride the bike around North Platte at all? Or like,
1: so, uh, Kelly and Rosanna did the first day because I think after driving all the way out there, they were both like, we are so tired. and do not want to drive the car. Mm -hmm. And so I did pretty much all of our driving the first day, which I was, pretty like down with i thought that was a very fair trade for them having you know brought everything out there yeah i think other than that like i didn't really do much riding aside from you know any of us taking little zips around the parking lot just last minute to make sure things were put together Mm -hmm. and then yeah like that first day was i think our (laughs) i think the first day was our best day timing wise because things were still jetted and working well and we hadn't you know had anything catastrophically break yet and so kelly and Rosanna had a really great rip and then also that was cool because we uh we did the i hope i'm not botching the timeline here just because now we're uh, several months out from the event
2: mm-hmm. but i
1: think that that was the one day where we'd split off and done a slightly different route than everybody
0: uh nope that would have been maybe so but like no did that you? was way later it was like day or six three.
1: was that, that no was, that wasn't day six because that, there was you, guys, the,
0: you guys went north on that fire on the road that everybody thought those no
1: uh, the the one i'm thinking of though because there was the option to sort of scoop alongside the badlands versus kind of up and through and we did something that was five minutes longer than everybody because what i really appreciated was that everybody was on kind of the same page about like oh you know like yeah, we're going for time, but if we could do something that maybe would be a slightly prettier route or more interesting, like, are we okay taking a little bit of a detour? Mm-hmm. Now I want to open up the, the page.
0: I'm, I'm looking up right now, like, um, you guys got third the first day. And since yes. you were driving, do you remember how hot it was that day? Like, it
1: was, it was horrible.
0: Like, I've never been so hot. And I've said this every time on every recap. Like, I've never been so hot on a moped ever. Like it was coming yeah. like it was heat wind. That's a thing. Heat wind. And then like it was baking me underneath in the freaking God, that was so hot. Well,
1: and of course then everyone's actually going fast enough that you do like care more about having safety types of clothing and then you mm-hmm. just cook to death.
0: I wore that same white long sleeve the entire <laughs> You're very bold. Oh, I have been on tour with punk rock and metal bands, so whatever. <laughs> like I can, mm-hmm. I can handle the stink. Um, what was the, what was it like getting into Jenny Ray's uh, place for you guys? Like you ended up third that, that first check-in day. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. How was that like for you? And you guys, you guys were working on your bike that first day. I remember that because I ended up giving you guys a rear pulley to try mm-hmm. um it was an oem pulley with a yellow spring i don't know if you
2: yeah
0: and that was kind of like i was told i wasn't a part of the issues you guys had you just had to start having other issues like what happened did you who led who rode the first part of the first day and like i'm trying to think um Cause the next day was kind of short. It was like 150, 160 miles.
1: Yeah. So first day Kelly started us off and Rosanna finished from mm-hmm. what I remember. I hope I don't flip flop that order. Um, but it was nuts because like, of course, Hooter at that point is just like insanely fast and like, Oh, I, I love Jordan.
0: Did... I love Val, but I was, I, I, I was, I, I was, I I was think... watching the clock. I'm like, he's going to blow the, those like, it's a moped like it's e50 like it's it gonna die mad. going that fast that
1: close to the sun i mean god bless him for doing it but like yeah i just remember walking around the parking lot before we started and i saw that bike and i was like this thing looks like a little missile but also mm-hmm. like i hope this man's back doesn't get broken because he's just like hunched over mhm. Um, and then he just, and Jordan's such a nice
0: guy, such a, Jordan and Bale and little brother, like love them all.
1: Yeah. So they were of course, super far ahead. And then I think at that point, Zach and Sam and Nova got second that day. Mm -hmm. And so of course, like, I'm happy for them. And I was just really excited because we like, things were going really, really well that first day. And the the you know the bike was cooperating and things weren't horrible, but we were just more interested in tweaking things. From what I recall at that point, mm-hmm. um, which is part of the reason why we ended up taking that pulley from you, because we were just curious about like going a little bit faster. Because we were running that really spicy water cooled Melosi kit that Kelly had been holding on to for years, that was like unobtainium now, mm-hmm. um, and had been spending a lot of time trying to tune the variator and trying to tune the jetting and everything up until that point. So you're just wanting to try to get more out of it. And I think we're also approaching the variator as well. So we're like, okay, you know, we'll just try this thing and see if this helps. Um, But yeah, it was crazy. It was just like kind of surreal because I, I remember being really surprised that we beat Mars Fred and Cowboy in that day because I've of course like all of the Boston teams have been working on their bikes together in the same garage mm-hmm. so it was really weird that we showed up slightly before them but of course I'm really it was exciting you know for the the time that it was because as I said like I was just kind of happy to be doing the thing rather than, you know winning but for that brief moment of time we were in the top three and that was really cool
0: it was it was about the journey not necessarily the destination for you
1: yes exactly yeah, yeah.
0: um so how about the second day who took off and this is where st- things started to kind of
1: yeah turn. So, and this is where I,
0: character is built sierra
1: Yeah, so I started us off on the second day, and I remember because we'd taken that pulley, and then I was running the bike and leaving Jenny Ray's and kind of getting out of Rapid City. Do you remember that highway, how it just kind of had that really long, gradual
2: up?
0: Yep, I remember that's where everything changed for Baker's for me, because I was following Zach, and that fucker's running red lights and everything. I'm like, okay that's how we're going to do this. Like, and yeah. I, I was following him and with Chad Burke and that's where we started climbing elevation. It starts screwing me up. And like, I ended up shredding a belt that day and not realizing it, And that caused Oof. that. That's what kind of cost me bakers, but whatever, you mm-hmm. know, nor here, nor there.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So one other thing, so because in Boston, we all ride together and we have Cardos, so we're all like talking to each other during the rides. I remember it really freaked me out at one point because we were starting to like leave and it was really chaotic. And then Zach had said something like, Oh my gosh, Sierra. And he was saying it because he was excited. And I was like near him at the point where we're all like swerving and trying to get out of the road. Mm-hmm. But it freaked me out for a second. Cause I was like, Oh my God, is something on my bike falling off? Like we just <laughs> started 10 seconds ago. What is happening? Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, so it, like threw me off because the, the cardos all synced in for the people that were from Boston. <laughs> and there's like another occasion where that had happened as well. Uh, later climbing one of the big mountains. And I just remember hearing Fred giggle maniacally because he was <laughs> like so excited to be ripping up the mountain.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but it was kind of nice as well because then you it's like, otherwise mopeding is sort of a kind of personal thing that you do yourself, but that sort of made it a much more social thing.
0: Um, Anyway. Did those roads freak you out like you had a flat tire as well?
1: Mm, No. We actually didn't really have tire problems, thankfully.
0: No, but, like, those roads, I specifically remember that, leaving Jenny Ray's and, like, going through the Black Hills, kind of. Like, the way they cut their concrete there, like, you had, like, butt wiggle, like you had a flat tire. I actually pulled over and had Chad Burke check my tire. I thought I was flat. Yeah.
1: So... I think at that stage, I did not get to go fast enough to really appreciate that mm-hmm. because we were scrambling to go up that hill. And I remembered like, cause part of the issue that we were dealing with was that none of us had ever run a water-cooled kit before. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like, well, what is the exact operating temperature and what is okay and how, how much is this going to spike? Cause I feel like with an air-cooled kit, you have a better sense for like danger zone is 400, Mm -hmm. This is how quickly it's going to rise to 400. And I got on that hill and then that temperature shot up from like, I think it was running, it'd been running 350 the first day fine and then jumped to like 370 or 380. And I was just like, holy shit. And I think it got up to like 390 and then I was like, all right, I need to pull over. And so I'd slowed down like immediately. I'm so glad we had like temp gauges on everything. Mm -hmm. Pulled off. And then that sort of started oh, that our your head temp
0: or your water temp head temp. Okay.
1: We had sensors in both. Yeah. Which I, you know, anyway, so that sort of started the saga of us having a bunch of stops. And at that point, I'm kind of like, I really don't know what to do here. And so we were trying variator tuning just to try to see if we could get it into the power band. And if that would help drop the temperature, because then the bike wouldn't work as hard and we were struggling with it. So it was like kind of a back and forth of try heavier, try lighter, try every permutation thereof. Mm -hmm. And then eventually Kelly swapped me out that day just because I think she had the better sense of how the bike was going to behave and kind of what it needed. Mm -hmm. But it was just very much like a slog and we had so many problems. And I think that day, was it that day or was it the day after? But eventually the bike stopped we could not get it started again. And we were just like at an intersection and sort of pushed it off, definitely into someone's driveway. And there was like a moment where all of these like big bike people on Harley Davidson's like Mm -hmm. right past us. And we're just like scrambling to work on this moped on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And so we were like really struggling and kicking it over and just like could not get this thing to turn back on. And then eventually, I think Kelly remembered that we'd gotten some clutch pullers that Mars had given us that he had sort of tweaked to work specifically for hobbits. Mm-hmm. We pulled that off and then realized that like our, I have a picture of this on my Instagram, but like the clutch just like sheared and spun off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. When you break a clutch, like I've done that on hobbits. Like it's yeah, it's Yeah.
1: I have no idea why it happened, but it was like the most catastrophic like clutch failure I've ever like I've seen and I'm a new moped person but everyone mm-hmm. else also seemed terribly impressed
0: yeah I'll, so I'll say yeah I've was. got I've got that same picture just a different different clutch different timeline and I actually rode home with a clutch broken like that I just kept the clutch engaged long enough.
1: Yeah, that it was absolutely crazy, and so it cost us like a ton of time, and it was just like a full struggle bus. Mm -hmm. We like caught that, and then thankfully, because Kelly has done Bakers like four times now, so she had a really good sense of which things were actually going to break. We had another one, Mm -hmm. so we were able to fix it, and then eventually get back on the road. Which at that point, you know, then you're sort of starting over with like, okay, well, where where was our problem? And also, like, do we actually want to keep pushing this bike as hard as it can go if it might just destroy another clutch? Because why is this happening? So, yeah, so that sort of started the saga of Struggle Bus for us. Um, but I think overall, we, we handled it really well. And we're pretty methodical in how we would go about it. And I, and I think, like, that also started what became a really good cycle of all of us kind of keeping each other motivated in different Mm -hmm. ways just because like I tend to be the type of person where I'm very unyielding and like you know we need to do this thing you know like I think I was one of the people that was later driving like let's do the engine rebuild at you know 11 Mm -hmm. o'clock by the side of the road because we have to do it or we're going to lose the time later. Yeah. Whereas like I think Kelly's very good and methodical and scientific and going about it and she had the best knowledge of how the bike should work. Mm-hmm. And then like Rosanna was Rosanna came up with some really good ideas in terms of like tuning and actually getting over some problems that we were just really stuck on specifically with the carburetors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also Rosanna is just like an incredibly very good technical writer. Yeah. Um. So like later when we eventually were not to jump ahead, but we needed to switch our. Well, car we'll we'll out. just
0: we'll just keep we'll we'll save that because we'll just kind of go through the days. So like
1: yes, you well, guys we'll you guys you
0: guys struggled getting to uh, Gillette. It was just, it was um it was a shorter quote unquote day. Like it was you guys came in at six hours and thirty eight minutes. Um, mm-hmm. which you know that's that's a that's a ride. Like uh, how long did you did all three of you ride that day? Uh, to-
1: just yeah. me and Kelly that day,
0: I think. Okay. Um. And you, how much, what all did you guys, did you end up teaming up and start working on stuff out in the back of the hotel with the Boston crew that night? Cause I know, Nothing. I know Mars and those guys start that they started um, tearing their motor apart. And then like, I think they were doing that every night. Um,
2: they were the doing team- that every night. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: uh, so I think at that stage, we were kind of like, okay, we don't really know what's wrong here. So I think that might have been, I don't remember if it was the next day or the day after all the time blurring together, but I think we might have popped the pulley that we got from you off then and then mm-hmm. gone back to the stock one
2: okay. because we were like,
1: oh, okay, like, can we get away from What, like, because we don't really know why the clutch broke in the way that it did, but we're like, we're more familiar with the build with our pulley, so we'll just start from there. But this sort of, of course, was then making us kind of retune as we're going because Mm -hmm. we're still at a very different elevation from Boston, yeah. And we were working on it, so yeah, I think we did some work that evening, um, but it, it wasn't anything too crazy. We or was it the next day that we switch swapped the pulley? Because the Best Western was the one that was the that weird was, hotel with like the pool out, kind of in the yeah.
0: And nobody could get to it. Like it just it was yeah. it was like add on on the add on add add on, and like it just sucked to get to anywhere in that hotel. But yeah, side note, their um, Continental breakfast was really good.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was very good. But yeah, I think that night we didn't do a ton of crazy, crazy moped stuff because most Mars and Fred and Cowboy were going ham out in the parking lot.
0: Yeah, dude. I pulled pulled Cowboy away for a quick podcast and Yeah. um, (laughs) That's a joke, people. Podcast. The fucking Fred. Um, But the next morning I... That's when I DNF'd uh, because I'm Mm -hmm. an idiot. But... um, You guys, how was that going into, uh, we rode to Red Lodge that day. How did you guys do, um, how, how was that whole experience going through the gravel road? Um, going up that insane mountain, the first to many to come. um, Yeah.
1: So that was the one that we had that like crazy mountain, right. That opened up just into nothing. And. All the elevation change broke a bunch of the mopeds that day.
0: Yeah. Well, it was, I feel like that was the, like the next three days, but yeah, we'll go. That was the first day of the crazy mountains. Cause like my crazy mountain experience, I feel like for some reason, everybody talks about the first set. I remember, uh, leaving the park, uh, Yellowstone and hitting those mountains. Like those are the ones that almost crushed me as a human. Like,
2: yeah, um,
0: but So you going into Red Lodge, going to let um, who rode the gravel road for you guys,
1: Rosanna. So that sort of gets into what I was saying. Yeah, she's a crazy good, very technical rider, and definitely like helped us a lot in the course of those. Um, And then I think we'd switched off. Yeah, so I think Rosanna. Yes. Okay. So I'm just double-checking my Instagram now to see these pictures. Um, I'm
0: actually on Baker's um, Instagram.
1: Yeah. I just had it broken up. So, yeah. So that third day is the day that we finished at Perry's. Yep. I think I had it mislabeled. Okay. So, yeah. So that day, um, Rosanna had started us off first. And Rosanna ran, like, most of the day through that horrible dirt road. Mm-hmm. And we tried to coordinate when we would switch off just because I think it, it also is really helpful when you're a team, because you can sort of delegate like who's good at what task and who wants to do what task, mm-hmm. because I definitely knew on the outside, I was like, I'm very not down to ride on gravel because I have like <laughs> no experience running on gravel. Really.
0: I wasn't either. Like I'm not a fan of it. Like I, the, one time I think I rode on gravel on purpose was with the zeros. Um, they had like a meet in the middle with Kalamazoo moped riders. Mm-hmm. So like, I that was the first. Bakers was the second time I chose to rode on gra- ride on gravel, and like, now I don't give a shit. Now it's like okay, whatever.
1: Yeah. So I was like very not comfortable with it. Um. But Rosanna was the champ and did most of that.
0: Rosanna's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So.
1: After that point, we timed it out and I knew I needed to switch in. So we waited until we got to that like long stretch before the mountains that was just grass. Everyone bailed off. We did our big gas fill up. And to that point, things were not bad that day. Um, and then I was doing the writing and switched on. And then I think this might've been when we were starting to have the beginning of the carburetor problems but then okay. got worse for the rest of the ride because we later discovered that our shitty mlm intake tape was cracking so we just had an <sighs> air leak that was getting worse
0: so that's see time. i tried to i tried to stay away from your problems because like everybody else it, it especially in camp and everything else everybody wants to help everybody yes and like the problem was like you guys are all smart, capable people, smarter than me. And, like, the only, like, you didn't need another fucking suggestion for solutions. Like, you guys had enough. I'm like, I'm going to stay away. Like, you guys will figure it out. I know you will. Um,
2: Yeah.
0: But, so, riding into, um, to... Trying
1: to get
0: up the big mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That was terrible, getting up that big mountain, like... I've never been so proud to go 30 mile an hour on a moped in my life. Yeah.
1: So we were fighting that moped because at the time we have this air leak that's starting to open up and like later we figure this out. We didn't really know what was wrong. So we'd still been continuing to jump our jetting and tuning around, trying to just get the bike to run well. Um, Cause we started really well that first day had issues with pulley, the clutch, and then was sort of kind of restarting tuning because then at this point also, we're starting to gain elevation. And Mm. then this day is a massive elevation gain. So it just totally ruined everybody's lives.
0: Yeah. Oh God.
1: i have been in therapy
0: for years about that, but you know.
1: Yeah. So we were like fighting it and the bike just kept getting really rich. And then I remember like this, this was the day where uh, Team Meat was behind us. And then Fred finally caught up and was riding briefly kind of parallel to me passing me on that mountain and just giggling like a little kid as he finally like got past and went up the mountain (laughs) and it was like a really good time but the bike was like popping and farting and just running like really rich and not having a good time and so we fought it most of the way up and we did a really beautiful pit i remember this beautiful pit maneuver we did at one point where we pulled off the side of the road and kelly just uh had like popped the flashers on And Rosanna bailed out with, like, the wrenches and the jet. And then I didn't even, like, I turned the bike off very briefly, but Rosanna was just, like, all up in there, like, changing out the jetting for me. Awesome. And then bailed away, and we got the bike started and made it the rest of the way up the mountain Mm -hmm. Um, after a lot of effort.
0: God, that mountain was cold too.
1: So cold. Oh my God, it got so cold. Because that was the so other thing. It's like getting getting up there, it was just a struggle every step of the way because the bike just was running for us, like very rich and then started having. Everybody,
0: everybody was. Don't worry, you're in the same yes. company. Like,
1: well, and, but we had also, we were always tuning around this freaking air leak. Yeah. And so that always just made it worse.
0: That's the us. variable you didn't know about either. So it's just like, oh.
1: Yeah. So we're just like, you know, continuing to try to fix the jetting. The bike is just farting horribly and it's very unhappy. And then I'm also trying to just, you know, keep it moving. And then mm-hmm. as you keep going, it's getting colder and colder and colder as you go up to the top of the mountain. And then eventually it starts, it sort of had that like gotcha because it kind of flattened out for a little bit. And then there was yeah. just more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You felt, yeah uh, in. an... A false sense of security. You're like, okay, this is all it's gonna be. We're c- it's gonna be fine. Then you see the fucking next one. Like, no, nah! no, nah, why is it gonna be more mountain? Like, yeah, people don't understand so, how. Like, my PTSD is coming back from that. Like, yeah,
2: I, like, I had was,
0: fond memories, and now you're now you're dragging up all the suppressed suppressed nightmares I had. Thanks, the trauma. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. So I actually had another app open at that time too because I know a lot of people are running like Google Maps but I think that day I was running in parallel there's this other app called Komoot which is like it's K I think it's K-O-M-O-O-T which is actually meant for like cyclists because I had a a boss at my old job who is into ultra cycling and so they only want to ride on pavement ideally and so I checked this because the routes for the most part were almost the same as what you would see on Google Maps for us. But it was really nice because I could track in real time where we were at for elevation. Mm. And I just remember having a moment where I was like super demoralized because I was like, oh no, like more is coming and we've been fighting to get all the way up this thing.
0: Ignorance is bliss sometimes, okay?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm like looking off into the distance and there's like snow piles and Mm. then a car pulled off looking at a moose and it was really beautiful. Like that was my favorite day of riding because it was just like such a cool freaking place to ride a moped. It's like so different than just ripping around the city in Boston. You get up to mm-hmm. the top of this mountain, and at that point, then you get to that point where it's kind of at the edge, and then you it just opened up in front of you and was just this like vast nothingness. As it was you start nuts, wasn't it? Down the mountain.
0: Yeah, and the, it, as soon as you hit the peak, for some reason, like you go down a little bit, it's like instantly turned warm
1: yes and so then it was really nice because then you're like ripping really fast and it's warm again and you're comfortable and you're just looking off into this expanse and you're coming into montana so it's just like absolutely beautiful and i was you know i think probably got up 60 just bombing down the mountain which is like kind of sketchy retrospectively because we did not have any disc brakes
0: you guys i thought i thought you did
1: no, we had drum breaks. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh-uh. So Zach at that point was convinced I was probably going to die. So I was just like taking some of the corners a little slow to bleed some speed, but really trying to not get too close just because it was a little gravelly in spots.
0: Yeah. I I didn't, especially with the dad I had just had, I was not bombing that hill at all. I was just, uh, fresh kit still breaking in, blah, blah, blah. Like, Yep.
1: So I'm like ripping down that hill. And of course I got really separated from the van and Kelly Rosanna and I talked about it. We knew at some point that I needed to stop and rejet, but I'm looking at the temperatures and the bike is running really cold because of course it's not, you know, working really hard at all. The Mm -hmm. mountain's just tearing you down. So I got kind of ahead of Kelly and Rosanna and then my Cardo like buzzed because Rosanna was trying to call me on my phone. Mm. So, of course, I can't really answer that well <laughs> bombing down the mountain and wearing motorcycle gloves. So towards the end of that mountain, I pulled off to the side to just pick up an answer, called her back. We wanted to adjust the jetting before we really ripped off, which was super reasonable. So I stopped the bike. Or actually, no, I had pulled off and then the bike died really abruptly. Mm. And I was like, OK, that's kind of weird. It's, you know, running really cold. Maybe something is wrong there. And then I knew Kelly and Rosanna were going to show up for the jetting anyway, so we roll up with the Hertz van, start changing the jetting, think that that's okay. I mentioned that the bike died; no one's really alarmed at this point. <laughs> and then we start a saga of prob- trying to kick that bike over for probably thirty to forty minutes. Oh, and it was really upsetting because we were doing so well, and like prior to that, the temperatures were great. And the ride had been going really well. Um, relatively speaking. Versus the day previous. Where we were struggling in every every which way. Mm-hmm. Um, that day had mostly been jetting stuff. And so. And of course it's very hot. Because like you said. You tip over the edge of the mountain. And then the temperature just escalated again. And that
0: mirage on that road was. I've never seen anything like it.
1: Yeah. It was absolutely nuts. So at this point. We are just like in the heat, not having a good time, start trying to kick the, and, and taking turns, kicking this bike over and kicking it over and taking it over. And it's not starting. And then at one point, I think I might've been the one kicking it over. I also feel really bad. I feel like, I hope Kelly doesn't think I was just systematically murdering her, her moped. <laughs> Cause a lot of these started to kind of crop up as I was riding the bike
0: all your fault your fault!
1: (laughs) I think I might have been kicking the bike over and then it just it it didn't move and we all kind of had this moment where we looked at each other and we're like oh we know what this means this is not a good thing and so then we just sort of sadly pulled out like Kelly had a little pop-up tent this is like the best idea by the way like if people do bakers is just get, like, a little three-by-six-foot pop-up tent, just, like, one of the little ones, because it's perfect for just being over your bike to cover you up and get you out of the sun.
0: Yeah, you hear or that, Colby? <laughs>
1: yeah. So we pull that out of the back of the van and then start taking everything apart. And then what we realized is that we had a circlip clip that got thrown. Oof. And, of course, destroyed the first of the very nice water-cooled kits. Mm. And so, at that point, we're kind of really bummed out. And then, you know, Kelly, like, knows immediately what to do and starts doing the top-end rebuild and then getting the, the other kit out.
0: See, I never realized you guys had had to swap cylinders that day. Like,
1: Yeah. So new piston full top and rebuild because it was just it was fucked and then i remember one point too like kelly and rosanna are like lifting the bike up from the back and i'm trying to like spray carb cleaner inside of the engine because we're like are all of the metal pieces gone yeah because there's a there's a picture of this as well like we're not i'm not really sure how the circlip, like where it caught and what how exactly things broke in mm-hmm. the course of it exploding but the piston itself, like, shattered on the top part. And then the rings, Ooh. like, broke. So there were just, like, metal fragments all over and everything. And do you have course, pictures so- of this at all? I do.
0: Say um, hi to me on your Instagram right now so I can see this if if you have it on yeah. your Instagram.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I this understand- is professional
0: podcast. podcasting. Everyone. I just
1: sent it to you, okay. I think. Yeah. So it's, like, the day three... Um, but it was nuts. And so of course, like these rings got destroyed, the piston shattered. So Kelly's like doing the top end rebuild. And at this point too, everyone's kind of like dying because it's, it's hot and we're dehydrated and hungry and
2: mm-hmm. like went from
1: <laughs> being able to finish this day to then it being horrible. Um, and so we spent the time, finished the rebuild. I think at that point we'd been ahead of Uh, see you soon and then they passed us and that was just kind of a moment we're like oh no like this is really not not going well
0: yeah see you soon and they had pat. i passed them a few times that was a very hard day on a lot of people and like i remember maitland says yep day three is the one that breaks people and it yeah broke so many people that day
1: well that was the thing because it didn't occur to me until like two days later where i was like I think we we're in Yellowstone, and I was like, Maitland, how many people normally like, don't finish bakers? And he's like, oh, yeah, normal attrition is like 70%. And I was like, what? Like, no yeah. one told me this. This is crazy. Yep. But no,
0: yeah, it's so, pretty unbelievable ahead. how you guys re, I don't know, water cool kit like that, how you guys rebuilt it on the side of the road and like just all the struggles you had had already up to this point that was that was yeah
1: well and of course it's like hard with the water gold kit because you just have the little tiny uh gaskets that are like Mm -hmm. you know that's what i'm saying and you just don't want to pinch those because then you leak and you're also fighting with your radiator hose and all of that and you know eventually we got it put back together and, and sealed up and it was okay and then i'm very appreciative because at that point kelly let me then be the one to break in the brand new kit okay so i went like miles in my because I, I was just like thinking back to what we had to do when i first put the kit on the e50 cases that we had uh built from nothing mm-hmm. so i'm like okay like i can't open this to wide open throttle we need to be really gentle for the first while and at that point we're like behind anyway for the day so I'm just like we're gonna break in the kit nice and gentle because we needed to run this for the rest of the time yeah so was very gentle with it for the first like long while didn't really even get it to consistently running wide open throttle for many miles because I think we still had like a hundred miles left that day um and I think I gave it like a solid 10 before Aiden was willing to go above half throttle and then very very Slowly was working into intermittent wide open thereafter, just to try to be really gentle and nice to this kit.
0: And I was kind of the same. Were you guys pulling over and retorquing the head too, or? Just... Uh,
1: I don't think we really ended up stopping because we were just like, we're going to baby this all the way back to Perry's at this point because we just like, we're kind of done with it. <laughs> we did retorque it later once we got back in and settled. Okay. Um, but I just remember, so like, babying this in. And then that was like, it was also really emotional at that point because, you know, you struggle all day and then you just roll into the campground. And I think that's one of the really nice like pick me ups about bakers because then everyone else is like, oh my God, yeah, you made it. And that's like, yes,
0: it was like everybody like, yeah, exactly. Everybody's jacked it like, oh, you're still here. You're with. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like you're, you're crawling in like a rat from the sewer. Like you're still making it good job. And then we, uh, we rolled in and have, of course, had a heck of a time. And I think there was a couple of little incidental things that we needed to fix. And then we just kind of sat down by the campfire. Mars was cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we settled in for a while. And then it was several hours later before folks were like, oh, by the way, your bike sounded weird when you were rolling in.
2: Hmm.
1: And we're just like, F. Like, we just did the top end rebuild. What if there's metal flakes that we just missed in the engine? What if it's you know something with the pulley? Like, who knows what what is wrong right now? Mm-hmm. And I think it was Mars that had something said something about like, oh, you know, I think he said it was like could potentially be a big end bearing, but it was something with the crankshaft. And so we're like, oh god, like. So I just remember looking at Kelly at one point. It's like ten o'clock at that point, and I said, oh well, how do you feel about rebuilding an engine now? <laughs> and <laughs> I think we were all just really kind of done with it at that point, but we'd struggled all day. So it was kind of like, a, OK, like, we just need to see what we're going to do here. Mm-hmm. And so then that started the saga of us taking the engine apart, at which point I believe we also found that so on Hobbits, there's like the three lobes that bolt onto the frame. hmm I believe we had two that had broken off. OK. So that was like one thing. So the first day, the only real issue I think we had on the first day is that a bolt had fallen out. And the bike kind of shuddered. And then I found the bolt, and we ended up putting things back together. But I think mm-hmm. that was sort of a stress that later manifested with this engine case just losing the lobes that it needed to bolt onto the engine. OK. And so we took everything apart and then needed to talk to Maitland because there was that question of, like, you're only technically supposed to replace, like, one broken thing at a time.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: engine cases are made in a pair. Yep. And so to replace only the bad side would have meant that the case matched cases would not have matched well together. So the Baker's powers that be ultimately let us replace the cases um and then we were scrambling to just put that back together until like three in the morning fred and mars were super helpful um just kind of hanging out and helping with some of the like technical logistics of getting everything cinched back together and then kind of there came a point where everybody went to bed and kelly Roseanne and i were just like all three of us like contorted around the moped, like hugging the moped, trying to heave it back together to finally get the engine bolted back on. Mm-hmm. And that was like a very bonding experience. Cause it's like three in the morning and you're dead tired and you've just been slogging on the moped.
0: Oh yeah. Like I was, it's I dark. I heard you guys and I'll sleeping. and I'm like, you guys are awesome. I'm like every once in a while I'd hear so- a wrench drop or like something or a voice. And like, I knew you guys were working on it, and I was not going to say. I'm like, you guys are awesome. I'm too tired to deal.
1: Yeah. So it it was rough. Uh, and we had a nice little moth friend that at one point hung out with us, just like one of those big giant boys that are, like, really kind of funky and colorful. Mm-hmm. So we took that ultimately as far as we could that night and then left like getting the carburetor back on and cuz you guys were putting... still working
0: on it in the morning when we all took off right
1: yes so that was the other thing it's like between the carburetor and the other things that we were working on um we we stalled at putting everything all the way back together just because it was dark and we were really tired and it was it was kind of getting to the point where we were all trying to double check what each other was doing just because you're worried about missing something or not putting it back together correctly Mm-hmm. So we just decided to stop at the point that the engine was back on the bike, sort of haphazardly shoved all the tools in the van that Kelly was sleeping in,
2: <laughs> and then went to
1: bed. And then the next morning got up, I think I ran over into town with Zach to a couple of different auto parts stores to try to get various things that we needed. Because one of the other things we were interested in was making sure that... um the variator had like the bearings had enough grease and everything as well because the, uh, we didn't have like a cap or anything on that. So I found something that we could use for that.
0: I remember you guys being really concerned about that. And like, I never have like, and I didn't want to say anything because you guys had your like idea what you wanted to do. And I'm not, I guess, again, you guys do you, I'll be here for support in any way, but like, I never had run that. Like, and I was running a one-way bearing. Like, I never had issues with my Mm -hmm. one-way until bottom of Mountain Hood. I had zero issues with my um, nut.
1: Yeah. So, I think that that might have been something with, like, we had figured out that the crankshaft potentially wasn't the noise. And then the, the weird noise, ultimately, that Mars had noticed was something to do with the variator. Mm-hmm. So I was it the variator
0: to... or was it the clutch bell or the clutch Sorry, bell the clutch, itself the
1: clutch bell and all yep. of that. So, I think we were ultimately concerned that that might have been a problem, so we wanted to make sure that everything was well lubricated. Yeah. And then I think that was before cuz it was in Yellowstone that everyone was like, "Oh, Lord's that Be at Treats, please overnight us packages because <laughs> we all need help now."
0: <laughs> that was so clutch on Treats and like I know those yes. would have done the same for us, but like it was just they they're the superstore, like they got everything of everything and like Um, what was it like taking off though? Finally that day, like how far behind were you guys of us?
1: I think we were not able to leave until probably 1130. So Mm -hmm. I think we started probably an hour, hour and a half behind you guys.
0: Okay. And you guys Um, had a very long day. I remember this now.
1: Yeah. And then that one I think was, was that the day that we had the really pretty road with all of the winding?
0: Yep. That was going through, uh, well, we had a lot of those days, Sierra, I'm going to let you know. Um,
1: That was the day that we came into Yellowstone, though. Yep. Yeah, so, oh my god, this was nuts. Okay, so this is the day that we really pinpointed the carburetor problem, Mm -hmm. and specifically the the intake kind of contributing towards that. Um, Because basically... I think Rosanna started us off, and then Kelly finished. I did a lot of driving that day.
0: I um, think I I'm not gonna I'm gonna step on here. I think Rosanna finished because I remember her coming.
1: No, she, Rosanna she, totally finished coming into Yellowstone. It was so sketchy.
0: Yeah, she. I remember like. She
1: yeah, she was very emotional. Us.
0: At the, yeah, she got separated. She got
1: separated from us, and our phones were dying and had very bad cell reception. So she rolled in and didn't know where people were Mm -hmm. and then it was really chaotic and then kelly and i had a moment in the van where we're like rosanna got really far ahead of us like we hope she didn't just go off the edge of one of these very tall mountains because we wouldn't really see her and like and kelly had a moment where she's like oh my god did i kill rosanna with my moped
2: (laughs) um
1: so we felt kind of concerned but that was sort of later in the day so basically that day I think Kelly was fighting the moped for a lot of the day, Rosanna ended up finishing us off, but we kept having problems and just could not get it to run well. And then there was that road where there was all of the really cool rocks, but we were kind of winding through those little rocky tunnels. And I remember being really scared that we would have a bad breakdown in one of those tunnels (laughs) and then need to like backtrack and call Maitland to get approval to like move the moped because someone would be at risk of getting really hurt because of traffic.
0: And you weren't getting reception to call Maitland.
1: No, no, absolutely not. And thankfully when we did finally break, that was not what happened. Um, We had a slightly more clear off the way uh, area. I think we might have been getting ready to switch out kelly and rosanna Mm -hmm. and the bike stopped and then we could not get it started again oh lordy and so then we spent several hours swapping out like all of the ignition components trying to figure out what could possibly be trying you know down to the freaking spark plug boot the coil like everything yeah and we were just fighting with it the whole time um And then finally, like after several hours, ended up, you know, going through all of our bins. And there was also a point too where I think we were still concerned about we were still concerned about temperature. And we were running like water wetter in this other funky coolant that we'd found. Mm -hmm. And we were like trying to figure out, I remember one moment too where I I felt super useless as a scientist because we were trying to figure out like a conversion for like. The appropriate amount of this coolant to add, but they presented it in quartz and we needed to know the answer in mills. And I was just like, I don't know this. Like, I, I need a freaking calculator to be able to do this conversion, but I don't have solar <laughs> sections. So like, oh, I feel useless. But anyway, we, we finally got it going. Um, actually, Kelly and Rosanna didn't switch at that point. I think Kelly still ran it for a while um, because it was getting into Yellowstone that Kelly and Rosanna switched. And I remember we were all really concerned as well because I think it was probably approaching 5 p.m. by the time we were getting ready to come into Yellowstone. And so mm-hmm. we all kind of had a moment where we're like, huh, like, are we going to be able to get into the park? Yeah. Because if you had to detour around the park, that was like hundreds of additional miles.
0: Yeah, my, my chase driver had to do it and got a speeding ticket too.
1: Yeah, that's, I didn't realize he had, he detoured around.
0: Yeah. And I'll bring this up some of that's his fault. He didn't get a license plate from Jenny Ray that was an odd number. I told him to do it, and yeah. So Colby, love you, buddy.
1: Next time, everyone's got to stock up with like multiple plates for odd any, any well, situation. Any I am situation. Situation. so
0: grateful from Jack from Goatheads because mm. he had that odd plate. Because all of our mopeds, we had like three mopeds with us. They all had even number plates, and I was like, because we had to have an odd plate to get in to yellowstone that day i would have i probably would have loaded up that day and just took a straight up honest dnf not a gym screwed up in the morning but i still yeah whatever
1: yeah so yeah i think we ended up using my one of my plate like my boston bikes plate mm-hmm. to get through that day um but yeah so we made it into yellowstone kelly and rosanna did a switch we had some cool pictures of like rolling up to a road with a buffalo where there's yeah. just like in her neon pink and the buffalo is just kind of like looking at her and chilling in the middle of the road.
0: <laughs> that I buffalo is was- a little asshole to everybody then it sounds like. Cause-
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm very glad also that we didn't have too many like crazy breakdowns because there were definitely a crap load of, fly- uh, of mosquitoes. In Yellowstone. I don't know if you had any stops there when you guys passed through.
0: We we had to stop at the gate because they had a medical emergency. And then mm-hmm. other than that, I think I, st- yes, I did have to stop. I had to stop and wait for Cowboy and Team Meat to tell me how to get to the freaking campground because I didn't know where I was going. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah, so there were just so many freaking mosquitoes, so I'm glad that we were very prompt with our stops, because I'm the type of person as well, where it's like, if if anyone's with me and mosquitoes come out, everyone else is fine, because they all eat me.
2: Mm, and so, yeah.
1: like, Kelly and Rosanna are trying to finish doing stuff the bike, and I'm kind of freaking out a little bit at that point, because I'm trying to help, but then I'm starting to get bitten by a bunch of bugs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we finally just got back on the road, and did most of the drive through the, the rest of Yellowstone. And at that point, Rosanna got really far ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And I believe we also did do a shortly before Rosanna got ahead of us, because we'd had this issue with discovering that the intake was cracking. Uh, so I guess I didn't flush that part out as well. So we changed all the ignition components. And then at that point, we'd also caught that the intake was cracked this freaking intake that ruined our, most of our lives. Uh, (laughs) and the problem was, was we had a VM 20 carburetor and the thing that we could, could have switched on was like a TM 24 that had a different intake, Mm -hmm. but there, all of those are, it's really hard to use that because it really puts it right in against your back tire. And then you can't rejet ever again. Mm. And so at that stage, what we'd ended up doing, because Sam had brought oxyacetylene to do brazing, so we were like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, maybe we can just braze this intake. So we used JB Weld to seal up the crack on the intake just for that day. Mm -hmm. And I remember it being really sketchy because we JB Welded the inside of the intake. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to fly off inside of it. The inside? Wow.
0: Okay. Yes. You guys have science behind you, so, like, if you say it'll hold, it'll hold.
1: Well, we, we like, gave it a lot of extra time to cure, and then I remember, like, we were thinking about putting it back on at first, and then I was like, Rosanna, just, like, douse this paper towel in gasoline and scrub on it and see if any, like, J.B. Weld is coming, you know, loose Mm -hmm. before we finally put it back together. Um, so we were fighting the intake and then there was some ignition stuff that we later caught and replaced the, replaced the full thing like the next day.
2: But, um,
1: yeah, so we finally got it going. That had been an issue. We're in Yellowstone and then Rosanna, we stopped to do a little bit of other jetting because we're like, okay, if the intake thing is mostly fixed, like we have a parking lot that's really nice now, this might be a good spot to just try some different jetting Kelly had other needles so I think that day we were trying a couple of different needles as well because at that point you're behind so might as well just see if you can get the bike to run better
0: you guys are throwing stuff against the wall see what sticks kind of deal and I don't blame you like I, I, I I did plenty of that myself
1: yeah so we did a lot of that um settled on something that was working reasonably well the temperatures were running well on the bike so Rosanna just kind of sent it, and we we were just doing the straight shot for the campground. And then at that point, Rosanna got kind of separated and ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So we, I remember we were trying to follow. Kelly and I popped out really briefly at the sign for exiting Yellowstone just to have, like, the commemorative photo that, like, <laughs> we did in fact, like, do the thing. And then we were trying to catch up to um Rosanna and I think we had like a couple of other small stops where we just were grabbing like really fast roadside pictures just because the sunset was really beautiful with the mountains Mm -hmm. um and we're like you know if Rosanna breaks like we're going to catch up to her really fast it's going to be fine but then we kept going and we were just not catching up to her so that's (laughs) the point where Kelly and I were kind of like oh like she didn't go off one of the edges of these like crazy ravines because as you're leaving Yellowstone and getting ready to like get you know to the tetons Mm -hmm. there's just that large precipice off the right off the edge of the road where you're looking down into the gorge with the waterfalls and all of that so we're like Mm -hmm. oh like that would be really bad on a moped you
0: guys are thinking everything worse that could possibly happen but yeah whatever yeah
1: well and it's (laughs) getting dark and your friend's missing and so we're like oh no like what's happening and then we finally uh get to an area where we have cell reception. Mm-hmm. Are calling ahead and we're like has anyone seen rosanna like what's happening and then i think it might have been zach that got back to us but confirmed that at that point rosanna had finally made it to camp and mm-hmm. then we rolled in a few minutes after her and i was very appreciative because zach walked up and gave me bubble tea and brie <laughs> And at that point, i was just so tired and crabby that i just like started eating this brie as like a full wheel of brie <laughs> um, And then just sat down by the campfire, and Rosanna's like freezing to death and trying oh,
0: to get warm. Sh- yeah, poor Rosanna. Like, I, s- I saw how so emotional cold. she was.
2: I it get it. So cold. I
0: get it. Yeah. I mean, I would have been just as, like, yeah. I I get angry. Like, <laughs> I don't have emotions but anger. So, like, yeah. I And you guys, it was dusk. Like, I remember a couple times because we all, like, we kind of went and did our own thing around the park and like mm-hmm. a few, t- about every couple hours. Has anybody heard from never DNF like lately? yeah. Like, that was kind of the constant, like, and the darker guy, like, okay, what the F is going on? Everybody. Like people would go up yeah. by the camp stores who, where we get wifi and reception. Like, yeah, I, people were concerned. Don't worry.
1: Yeah. So we finally made it back that night. My- and of course, it's dusk. And we're all just like, all right, we're not touching the moped tonight. This is no. the night where, because it's also coming into the, the rest day. So we're mm-hmm. like, we're just not doing anything. We're not touching the moped. We're just going to relax. Um, and I was very appreciative that Zach had already pitched the tent, so I was just not worrying <laughs> about any of that. And I just got to roll in. This is like the one perk about like, if you're just there for the journey, but the person that you're also there with is being really competitive. They're usually getting in first, so they can just take care of the logistics for you. (laughs) Um, So I, I appreciated that, and then we just kind of rested. And then the next day, it was kind of like, okay, we know this intake is jacked. We know that we might still be having ignition problems. What can we do? And so we spent most of the day in Yellowstone, as pretty much everyone did, working on our mopeds. And so eventually, ignition stuff got replaced because Kelly had a, a full replacement. I think Maitland sat down and and helped explain uh, using a voltmeter, like figuring out what exactly was wrong. And then I and Rosanna had really like picked it, trying to get the carburetor swapped over, and then trying to figure out the jetting, because once we could actually sit down and talk to Sam, we we're like, yeah, this MLM intake is just. Like Sam could braise it, but the shape of that particular intake is just really bad because it's sort of is like a kind of mild S mm-hmm. and it just sits all of the weight of the carburetor. So it can basically just shake and yeah. cause more shearing. And also the welding was really bad on the base of it. So you sort of had to grind out a little bit of the weld just to be able to bolt the bolts on. You
0: tightly. mean the exact same thing I had to do to my VM 20 intake when that broke? Yeah, I had yeah. one and i re-welded it yeah yeah
1: yeah but of course we don't have full welding equipment so and i want
0: to ba- i want to pause it. here and if sam listen and i screwed up i have a i have the moped welder the hobart 140 handler why did you bring brazing like i still don't get it because i don't think anybody actually used it but like why okay sam why, why? did
1: sam build a why did sam bring a drill press because you that have to was be useful. For any no, that's u-
0: that is useful and came in handy. Brazing?
1: Come on.
0: Okay, that's my one gripe to you, Sam.
1: I think Sam might have actually brazed one of their exhaust pipes. I don't think I
0: don't think Sam did. I think you're being defense. You're defending your friend. No, I'm sure Sam did. I, I
1: think I think she did though because okay. I, I think it did get used at least once um i think it was out of
0: spite to prove to everybody she brought brazy for a reason
1: (laughs) and it was being used because they brought it all the way from boston so it was time (laughs) um but yeah so we we spent most of the day working on it and then at that point that was kind of like i think a low point for me because i just had a point a moment where i was like you know we're in yellowstone i have never been here before I've, like, lived, you know, less than eight hours, 10 hours away from this park my entire life and have Mm -hmm. never been down here. And I'm stuck doing this moped. So at that point, it was kind of like, okay, I need to take a little bit of time and just step away and walk away from the moped. Mm -hmm. And Chad was also, Chad Burke, was being really awesome about talking to us about options with spark plugs and expected temperature ranges for the water-cooled kit and giving just general tips all that evening about what we could potentially try to fix. Mm-hmm. so we were trying to implement some of that that day but then ultimately i ended up being able to step away and so i went with sam zach and nova and we went into the park and did the grand prismatic spring and a couple of other small things just to step away from opeds for a little bit because they, they had also been fighting with theirs i think they ended up doing a rebuild that day they, um, there was a whole
0: cylinder party that went down i did not participate in i just changed yeah. the rear tire
1: Everybody was like doing big projects that day. Also, Daryl and, and Mars were going at his front wheel yeah, and that trying to do
0: saga. a They're like, Daryl didn't realize that. Um, and a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, loose bearing axles are different than sealed bearing axles, and like that was an issue Daryl had because he had a loose bearing axle on a sealed bearing uh front wheel and like i Mm -hmm. i i think i gave him an axle i don't know yeah i'm pretty sure daryl i gave you an axle if you ever listen to this i I, I, you can have it that's a gift um but and he can't and i remember mars and all everybody was trying to help everybody was helping everybody and that was a rad thing like james came over and helped me like hold my bike up so i could swap my my wheel out and tire out and he goes Yeah, I mean, everybody was because James was still waiting to get because he was still just coming along for the ride because he was trying to get spokes for his rear wheel for his Mm -hmm. super custom build and all that good stuff.
1: I think what I really liked about that day also was just that everyone could actually have a minute to breathe because Mm -hmm. we didn't have that like threat of a deadline just like as a gun pressed all of our heads. And it felt kind of
0: good, I can say this from an outsider, because, like, the Boston crew knew each other. Like, that was, like, what, 14 people, 13 people that, like, knew yeah, each yeah, other? Yeah, probably about that. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, so you guys were, like, the friend group already. And then there was, like, Chad and Patrick, myself and Colby, Daryl and his wife, Kayla, um, James, and, like, I forget James's crew, but, like, hey, people, I remember names, so.
2: Mm-hmm. I got that going for me. I'm
0: doing great, but like you guys knew each other, and like we kind—that of, mm-hmm. was our day where everybody kind of actually intermingled for the more. first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jordan and Val. See, I remembered more names. I'm just a name person today. Um, mm-hmm. but like, you guys, what all did you do to your bike? And because I feel like you guys did a lot. You had a leaking tank. I remember that.
1: Oh, God, that happened. I think that actually happened. Af- that was a whole other thing that happened <laughs> after this day. Okay. Um. So the tank didn't, the petcock didn't fall off the tank yet. Okay, yeah. I believe the day after this.
0: Um, um,
1: so it was fighting with the, initially figuring out whether or not we were going to repair the intake and what the deal was with that, and then ultimately realizing we were just going to try swapping Um, and then we were looking at, we also talked to other folks about like, are there other carburetors we could potentially scavenge from other people that are here? Because I think we had a moment of like, well, maybe a PHPG would be better, but also like that was not going to work because I think most of the other teams were running PHPGs and Mm -hmm. we're not, I mean, like, I think that's the one thing, right. Is when you're all, you're all trying to finish the race. So everyone wants to help each other, but there is also a point where you can't give like your only spare of Mm -hmm. something critical to people.
0: Yeah. And some of the reason why, like I, I kind of, I might've said something. I don't know if I did, but it's like, if you've never really ran one, don't because like, you don't know, you don't know how to tune it. And like, I'm not saying you guys, anybody can learn anything in mopeds, but that's not the time to learn how to fricking tune something.
1: Well, actually, funny. So funny story about that. I had also been fighting with a PHPG 20 on my Magnum back in Boston. Hmm. Now, shortly before Baker's, Kelly and I had been working on our Baker's bike. And then we also did a leak down test on my bike. And that's when I realized I needed to do a rebuild because I had an air leak. Hmm. And that was why I was fighting with tuning the PHPG was because there was an air leak. Um, so that was a whole separate problem on my personal bike at home. But yeah, so we we eventually were just like, all right, we're just gonna send the TM24. We know it's kind of it's a bit big, but it had been run before and it not with the same kit, but mm-hmm. on the bike. So we knew it could theoretically work. And so we sent it. Um, replaced the ignition stuff, finally had that fixed, and then just did some tuning kind of around the campground really casually. Because at that point, I think we were just, you know, kind of in a time deficit. And also like the I think the other thing that I didn't really conceptualize with Bakers is that it really does like wear on you in the sense that it is like every single day and -hmm. you just keep going. Mm -hmm. And so it's problem after problem after problem, which like I did like ultimately in looking back because you had all of these opportunities for things where you're changing. And you're getting an output, and then you're working on it from there and continuing. Like one of my favorite days, there was an afternoon, um, sort of after the gas tank incident, which happens the next day after this. Um, actually, we'll save that for a second. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so yeah, so Yellowstone, we did mostly the carburetor work and and that tuning. And just trying to get it to, like, run well enough that we could just get on the road for the next day.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then everyone, as I said, was kind of tired, so had taken some, tried to take some time. And then that would bring us into day six.
0: When we leave for Idaho, we will go to the craters of the moon. And that was, like, climbing those mountains sucked. Like, I swear, and I've said this on enough podcasts, like I, sm- I heard glass grinding and like, I smelt mm-hmm. electrical fire on Jesus. my bike and like, I was like, fuck it. I don't care. I don't care. Like
1: if I'm not, not if, if the bike is not inoperable, we're still but, moving.
0: What What I think I kept saying this the whole week. It's not a problem if I don't know about it. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah. So Kelly started us off day six um leaving yellowstone and i think i eventually switched out later that day that did, you see me, been... did you see me getting pulled over i think we did because yeah, i think yeah. sam also almost got pulled
2: over
0: sam fucking ran she didn't get shit yeah. like i'm
1: fucked yeah, that she... like <laughs> yeah you you took one for the team but i think like you said you you know how to like chill out and speak to the cops so i think you talked your you charmed your way out of that
0: well i'll just i'm not gonna make a fucking stand about like human rights in front of a freaking sheriff in like full tactical gear i'm gonna shut the fuck up i'm gonna get out of there like
1: well also you're you're talking to a guy in the middle of like nowhere so Mm -hmm. They really like have nothing better to do than Mm -hmm. keep you there for as long as possible if you really want to make an ordeal out of it (laughs) yeah so anyway so kelly started us off we were working on i think a couple of incidental other jutting things but overall that that was not a bad start to the day Mm -hmm. um i remember also being really sad because that was the day that daryl dnf'd Mm -hmm. and at that point like i really enjoyed him he was a very sweet guy and he and kayla were awesome but yeah yeah, because we we'd stopped and then i think daryl got separated from kayla and he'd flown by us and then paused to ask us like had we seen her truck because then they had an accident with the truck getting clipped Mm -hmm. and then at that point we'd been stopping intermittently and then rosanna and i are talking and we're like oh my god if their trucks totaled like is it possible for us to try to chase for them? Like, can is that allowed? Like what can Mm -hmm. we do to help them? Because we want them to finish and this would really suck if they just now have issues because of their their truck. And so we let Kelly just go ahead of us because Kelly just took the, the tools she would have needed to do any other jetting on the carburetor. We finally were just following and then found where Kayla was pulled off. We, like, stopped for a little bit. Roseanne and I are, like, frantically trying to help them zip tie everything together just to be in a position to keep going.
0: That's so awesome you guys helped. I didn't realize you guys stopped with them. Like, thumbs up.
1: I felt so bad for them because they were both so, so sweet. And it was just, like, such a shitty circumstance because, like, you don't expect the freaking chase to be the thing that might take you out Mm -hmm. on a day like that um which like ultimately i think daryl's wheel ended up giving him problems Mm -hmm. and they thought it i think they thought it was worse than it ended up being yep which also just like doubly sucked because they had this like horrible stressful day and that didn't really like set them up to succeed with dealing. i
0: think i think mental fatigue got got that like and i i don't want to i'm trying to be i'm trying to be tactful here when i say that it's like it does a lot. Like that endurance does a lot of things to a lot of people, and like I totally get it. Like Daryl's uh, partner just got in an accident. Um, he'd been doing a lot of riding, and like he was very cautious about the wheel and everything had happened. Like I, I get it. Like I th- think between mentally was taxed and the wheel sent them over the edge if you will in a metaphorical state well
1: yeah and then you're just it's like you're so exhausted because you've been doing this now for like six to seven days and it's just like mm-hmm. oh, okay cool like this is just the icing on the cake that this had to happen so it just it really sucked because i know that, that was the day that they dnf'd and at that point like we'd all kind of more casually chatted and like you said like bonded in yellowstone so it was like oh like this this really sucks like mm-hmm. they were cool and they were they were doing the thing Um, but yeah, so Kelly started, started out and then I ended up switching that day because I was like, oh, you know, we're, we're getting into Idaho. This is the Idaho part of the ride. Like, I really want to be able to do this. And oh my God, that was that horrible 40 mile an hour headwind.
0: That was such a weird, like the, that day and probably the last day was like, The terrain differences was insane because, like, that day felt like four days, like, because we had those mountains, we had the valleys we were running through, and then we got into, like, this weird desert area and, like, the freaking 40-mile-an-hour headwinds, like, that made, like, oh, yeah. How was was that for
1: yeah, so that was absolutely nuts. And I was riding it in because that was basically you got through Idaho Falls and then mm-hmm. you just had these endless planes getting out to Arco yeah. and then the wind just got really bad. This is also the point, And this is what I said about like, I feel like a lot of the times where the bike really started acting up coincided with when I was riding it. <laughs> so our peckcock fell out of our gas tank. hmm this day so i remember there was a point where it was kind of leaking and we were keeping an eye on it and then we like pulled over and tried fixing stuff and we're like okay like this will probably like get us through like we just need to get to the place and then we can actually like patch it and fix Mm -hmm. it and then i remember i got things started also we had a point where we were on the side of the road trying to patch together the gas tank some random guy like pulled over and it's like oh you know there's a guy that works on small engines like his shop's down the road and we're just like we're good like we we have the whole garage in the back of the stand right now yeah um and then this older couple we we stopped fiddling with the gas tank kind of near their house and then they were trying to talk to us as well and that's like the other thing is there are all these like random people that Mm -hmm. encounter all of these mopeds and they want to talk to you and you don't want to be rude to the people because like I'm at least cognizant that like mopeds are kind of fucking annoying sometimes. (laughs) So like, I want to have the good PR with the people when we can Mm -hmm. spread the good gospel, if you will. (laughs) Um, And so you're just like stressed because you're trying to get going and you don't want to stop and keep talking to these people. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, this older couple was trying to chat with us as they were getting ready to go on their way as well. And obviously, it's, like, we're three girls that are, like, stopping to fix stuff on the side of the road, too. So then there's that oddity as well.
0: And we're all in the um, middle of nowhere. And, like, you got these old ranch hands, like, hey, a bunch of girls can't do this. It's yeah, like,
1: you need you need help. And we're, yeah. like, leave us alone. We're yeah. trying to fix our moped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, to that point being from the Pacific Northwest, like, it... I I think that it does... Like, for the most part, people out there do genuinely try to be really friendly and helpful. Mm -hmm. And so I think that realistically, that would have been, like, one of the not most, like, one of the better places to really, like, break down and actually need help. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, on the last day with um, see you soon getting help from literally just randos in the area, like, testament of Pacific Northwest people being super sweet.
0: You know what, in Um, my experience... Granted, I'm a white male and I know this Yes, in all my life. That that being the caveat, that being the caveat, that's rural people in general. Mm -hmm. Or again, being the caveat of white male, I know I have a lot of things in my favor with that. Like we had some guy outside in South Dakota, like offering to like who I got all the tools you need in my truck. I used to work on CT seven or Mm -hmm. trail seventies and like. The guys helping Colby getting the trailer back on, getting the uh, camper back on the hitch. Like, throughout Baker's, we found a lot of people that were generally kind, as it would yeah. see you soon and yourself. Like, so, I mean, I think that's people in general. Like, if you're nice mm-hmm. to them, like, they'll, for the most part, are pretty the back. Granted, I ran into some assholes uh, yeah. going into Arco. Like, They were not very happy to see a moped and they flicked me off and told me to fuck off. So,
1: well, and then also out there, people all just got, I think the one problem was that people did get kind of impatient with the bikes, particularly Mm -hmm. on those long straight roads where they would go really fast because then they'd roll up and they'd just be like, why is everyone going so slow? And then they would pass you really close. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the chase, you're like, oh my God, you're going to hit my rider. That's in front of me. Like chill out.
0: No, fuck that. I love that shit. I try to suck a draft off those people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were going fast enough that you could draft.
0: Uh, there's a, there's um, a, no, there's a hole, there's a gap. Like you can get in that little bubble for a few seconds. Uh, yeah.
1: so, so anyway, uh, leaving Idaho falls, heading out towards I- Arco. That was when I was riding the bike. We tr the peacock started the leak. We fixed it. We thought it was fixed. And then there was a, a moment where I got kind of ahead of Kelly and Rosanna. The bike was running okay. And then I just look down and the gasoline is pouring like oh. all over me and all over the moped. And then I just like hit the brakes really fast oh. and I pull over and I just sit there with my finger plugging the bottom of the <laughs> the waiting for Kelly and Rosanna to try to not let all of our gas fall out. They catch up. And we're like, okay, what do we do here? And we went back and forth about like, well, could we try to like JB Weld? Like, is there anything else we can do? And then ultimately it was like, uh, okay, you know what? Like, I just had a conversation with Bridget the day before about like, how many strikes before a part is considered out and you're just not fixing it anymore. Because Mm -hmm. I think Zach said it too, is like a big part of Baker's is just like, keep moving even Mm -hmm. if it's not as fast as you can go just keep moving
0: exactly Because sitting
1: on the side of the road just wastes a ton of time
0: going 30 mile an hour is faster than zero
1: yes so (laughs) at that point i'm like you know we we do have a backup gas tank like kelly had a nice metal yamaha tank i think off of a small motorcycle Mm -hmm. so at that point we bust out the ratchet strap. We cut up the EVA foam floor mats that we brought from Schittsburg, <laughs> and we slap this gas tank on and take the broken one, like having taken the broken one off. Dude, drain that's... all the gas into the new one.
0: Very it MacGyver was... of you with the foam padding. I love it.
1: I wish we took more pictures of it. And if other Baker's people have pictures of that, I would love them, because <laughs> it was just it it looked so weird with the like black with the flames on the gas tank and then just the <laughs> giant ratchet straps sandwiching with foam floor cushions all over everything so we slapped that on and then just continued on our merry way got through idaho the rest of idaho falls and out into arco um passed through arco and then that was just like the continuous planes of death with 40 mile an hour headwinds that i was riding on
2: and it's
0: great
1: I just like, it was, this was like the kind of the thing I wasn't expecting with like really technical riding because I was, I mean, we'd seen some of it with like the dirt roads and the mountains and stuff, but this is just something else because I'm, I'm used to riding in the city. I've never ridden with headwind like that.
0: Nobody did. Like, and I, I've ridden out in the country. I've never experienced headwind like that.
1: And I just feel like it's really hard because your entire body is just like locked up, like trying to keep the moped under control. Because, like, and I and I didn't appreciate this part until later, because actually after Baker's, I got a motorcycle permit and now have a big bike. And, like, on a motorcycle, you actually have enough weight that, like, the wind doesn't really shove you around as much. But on the moped, you're just, like, flailing all over the road <laughs> trying to continue and track in a straight line. And then cars pass you or, like, the big trucks that are out there, and you just get pushed all over. Mm-hmm. So... It was a big struggle for us, um, or at least for me specifically riding. Like that was super tiring and just kind of stressful because the wind is just like beating you down like every, you know, mile that you go. And then I also feel like every day of Baker's, like what was your experience with like the last hour of every day? Cause I just feel like the last hour always feels like it's an eternity.
0: I, you know what? I, I, I don't even remember. I remember leaving Arco mm-hmm. and I remember next thing I know I am like at that like lookout point, like it did not, it felt like nothing going from Arco to the camp spot. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was easy. The long yeah. spot for me on that day was once we got out in the desert and going by getting into Arco was the longest fucking, that was so long. Yeah. Like, Cause I was dealing with headwinds. And then, like my phone was acting up because we were out in the middle of nowhere, and I think the government, <laughs> like, kind of shuts down some cell stuff in that mm-hmm. area because the nuclear research center over in there, over yeah. there. So yeah. I think some things are like shut down there. And like, I just, I remember, yeah, I was bored. I've never been so bored on a moped in my life. Like, I if I could knowingly fall asleep and not crash, I probably would have took a nap. Like, I That's remember just, bold of you. No, like I was so tired. Like I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, I've never wanted to sleep on a moped so bad in my life. Like I was so bored,
2: and like yeah. when I say
0: bored, like no, I wasn't bored. I was having fun. I was riding a moped, but I was nappy. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was once we got in the deserts of Utah. Like, that was the only boring part of Utah was by the nuclear research. I know you mean. It was just. Straight road and not much to see, like, there was no beautiful scenery to check out.
1: I think that, like, that stretch, and then also Wyoming was just like, okay, like, this is just a long, straight road, there's nothing happening here, there's just grass, there's nothing to look at. Good luck, Oregon. I
0: had a lot of Latin, Oregon.
1: Yes, that is also true. Um. But yeah, so I guess to finish out that day, we were fighting our way into Arco and then got to the like world. So, Craters of the Moon was sick. That was like probably my favorite spot that we slept at.
0: You science you nerd.
1: <laughs> well, you just roll up and you go from these like rolling plains of grass to just like these large crater moon rocks everywhere and this black sand everywhere. And it was really beautiful as well because there's just those fields with all of those tiny pink flowers. Like, I think that was the coolest place that we slept at during Bakers. Um, And at that point, Yellowstone
0: was pretty rad. (laughs) Like It was
1: cool, but this is just like super unique. And for me being from the northern part of Idaho, I I didn't know that existed in Idaho. Mm -hmm. So that was crazy to see.
0: See, I've never been in the northern part. So like that's all Idaho ever has been is like deserty, sandy and like, but like our little trip all together. Did you make the climb up that hill? like see you soon like a bunch of us went up like went walking you guys were still far i'm sorry
1: yeah we like we finally caught up to you guys and then we were like oh we're gonna go see these cool caves and stuff and then we like rolled out we got a teeny little bit of cell service and i think mars called kelly and was like hey we're going into town and we're eating at this pickle place and we're like no like we just got out here and we were trying to go to the <laughs> cave but everyone was leaving yeah so then at that point we're like all right you know what we've been struggling with this stuff today we're just gonna we're just gonna go Mm -hmm. and so we caught up to you guys and then went to that tiny restaurant where i think all of the locals were like what what are you people like dude the good old boys there were
0: not impressed with us
1: (laughs) no and and that's like the weird thing too because like most of those people like the randos on the side of the road are super nice but those people were just kind of like this is not what we want our town to turn into. Like, why are you here?
2: Yep.
0: And like, yeah, that was, that was a trip. Um, so leaving Arco, what did you guys have to work on your bike that night at all?
1: Uh, so we patched up the gas tank and then we planned to switch. We switched it on the next morning. Okay. But other than that, it was like pretty mild. Um, and then the next day, I think, I think Rosanna did a lot of, I think Kelly might've started and then Rosanna finished, but, um, or, or vice versa. I have pictures of Rosanna sitting on the side of the road doing some, some work, but that was also the fun day that Bridget talked, um, that was when her
0: sister showed up. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, so their sister showed up and then Maitland made it a thing that everyone had to stop and have a beer on the side of the road.
0: Yep, that was awesome.
1: Which I was very glad that we did that because it was a nice way to like break it up and just do something kind of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: Um. So yeah, so we did that, did our little stop, had some intermittent problems, but that was a really short day because then we just ended up. What was that like 150 miles? Like it, it, it was. Really a, it was a
0: long day for me because I stuck a kit that day, and it was Ooh. just like, yeah, I did my roadside change. Um. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was um it was a shortish day. I think it was 150, 160 somewhere in there. So
1: Yeah. So like then we rolled up to that area. <laughs> and isn't that... isn't
0: that isn't that so weird like look at this now. Like we started this podcast you talking like, "Oh, I rode around Boston here there. Oh yeah, 150 miles short day, you know, no yeah. big deal."
1: Well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, after Baker's, when you do rides, and then people will be like, oh, this is a long ride. And we're like, this is, like, 40 miles. What are you talking
2: about? Yeah. Like, yeah. I,
1: worse.
0: Baker's has really um, changed my perspective on a lot of things in life and in mopeds. So, like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, you guys took off. Uh, you went into Black... What, was that the yeah, we went into Black Sands that day?
1: Yeah, the the campground There was no Black but,
0: Sands, people. There's no Black yes, Sands.
1: It was disappointing. The previous campground in Craters of the Moon should have been named Black Sands because that's what was there. hmm Um, but yeah, this this campground, it was you know, kinda not that great, but you know, they, they were super accommodating for the fact that we definitely all showed up there without a reservation. hmm Um And then also that was fun because i think you know uh rigsby had brought an air mattress and then filled that up and then we did a float out on the little like lake that was there which i appreciated because i have an irrational fear of fish and so i do not like being in the water but i just got to float on the water and then zach and bridget uh, we're taking turns kind of paddling us around and Rosanna was taking turns paddling us around until <laughs> it ended really abruptly when cowboy deflated the air mattress okay. and then it's let,
0: let me um, let me clue you in, or not clue let me tell you a little side story about that whole deal when I rolled in so we mm-hmm. came in um, we had kind of a bad day like it was a little rough um, for the team and like found out Col- Colby found out no dogs and like so that kind of got him upset a little bit and like I had to kind of prep Colby for that, and I'm still kind of getting my wits about me. I just rebuilt a cylinder on the side of the road blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. that was when the owner's wife was allowing us to know the no dog rules and looked directly at you and your sw- in your swimsuit and yeah. this is a family establishment yeah. if you're going in the bar you're going to have to cover up and she's looking at me when i'm like
2: what the? Fuck?
0: i just kept my mouth shut I'm yeah. just like, whatever they
1: were they were another example of locals that i think were not ultimately too thrilled with us
0: yeah that's that's all I, we'll say I, about that
1: it was also kind of chaotic because then the next morning i remember everyone had kind of meandered into the 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 little restaurant they had there to have breakfast
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it took them a little while because I don't think they were expecting that big of a rush in the morning for like 20 moped people descending on them.
2: Yeah, And it was, I thought it was going to be a
0: buffet thing. Cause like they had, nope. buff- like they totally had like buffet warmers also like there. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In and my right, experiences
0: well, with the locals was not. Um, this is your story, like.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: I I would leave that to you because there's definitely a reputation that you know, as you said, like. I think it, is people, it is what it is. Folks definitely don't worry about certain things, but yeah, Idaho has a little bit <sighs> of reputation that's not great in that. Yeah,
0: sense. well, like I said, it's the only time I've actually gotten up and like and not been and left, but you know, whatever
1: yeah um, so that
2: taking was taking off that, no, great
0: that night though it was great um jack and jesse from two smokes came down from idaho falls caldwell. i believe caldwell yeah, caldwell love those um, two good people
1: yeah it was crazy i was really happy to see that there were like legit moped people in idaho and it was like really cool to meet them and chat with them they were really sweet i'm glad that they they dropped by yeah and gave us they had super cool um they had premium stickers, yeah, with their like carburetor that said "choke me," and then like the <laughs> spark plugs that were glittery and, and their logo stickers. Like they had a, a good collection of merch to share yeah. with us all. Good people. Um,
0: brought me water. It was great.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. So that overall was, I think, oh, oh, what I was saying was, they didn't expect so many people to descend on us on them for the breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then there was a moment where I remember looking up and I was like, well, Maitland, like, if we're all here, can we just postpone the start from 10 a.m.? And he's like, no, you guys are starting at 10. That's so
2: Maitland. (laughs) And
1: I was like, F, like, okay. And so then I I started us out leaving there that day. Yeah. And Kelly and Rosanna had like scrambled back and I cuz I just like had to walk away from my food <laughs> because it was just coming out at like 9:50 and I needed to go get on the bike.
0: And for anybody who doesn't know Maitland, like when it comes to bakers, the rules are the rules and there's no changing the rules. Like yeah. that's a th- like Maitland's like okay, like I remember at one point Mars tried to like Tried to convince him to do something different with the route with Yellowstone. He's like, no, <laughs> like yeah. that's the route. This is what it is. Okay. Yep.
1: I mean, people have to suffer a little bit for entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I guess you wonder in that sense, like, how much of it is. Like, you know, for the game maker, right? Like you sort of think of it as like the Hunger Games in a sense. Like this is entertaining for Maitland.
0: It is because he's, I think this was the first year he didn't ride at all. Like in Mm -hmm. previous years he had rode and like this year he was just the the puppet master, if you will. He's like, no, I'm going to watch you guys be in pain. And like, yeah. so I think he got a new sense of pleasure out of that um but taking off uh how was that for you in the morning because you had to jump on the bike right away
1: yeah so like i jumped on i skipped breakfast i think that wasn't like terrible ultimately because i think we had to take it um so that day okay so it wasn't terrible but the thing i'll preface is that we were running the tm24 and the thing was, was that there was just like a very slim band in the throttle mm-hmm. where you would find it and it would run really well. Yeah, right on
0: the needle, on the clip, basically. Like
1: right, right one spot. That was it. It would, it struggled thereafter. So I think there was a point there where I was riding, I rode for a really long time and got kind of separated from Telly and Roseanne at one point. I got kind of nervous because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like... Where'd they go? Did the chase break down? Okay, I'm running on my own GPS. We're just going to go.
0: You guys got a different route than everybody else. Like, this is the day you guys ended up getting a little shortcut on us, which is awesome.
1: Well, yeah, because there was the north south option. And I think everybody initially was thinking that the top road would be fully full stop, not passable because of wildfires in Oregon. Yep. And then I ended up getting routed north because I guess it was fine. And I know Chad Burke also ended up going that way as well, because there was a point where I was riding for a really long time. And thankfully, so the one nice thing about our gas tank, even though we fought with the petcock a little bit, it's this like massive, like 3.7 gallon, like semi clear red tank. Mm
2: -hmm. So I
1: could just look and see like where our gas was. (laughs) And so I was riding for, you know, more than half of the day that day, got kind of separated from them. And then knew I was going to need to gas up at some point. And then Chad showed up because I think Chad had had issues that day.
0: Chad had a lot of issues that day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it was kind of a novelty because we were used to sort of being in the back at that point. And then I was like, Oh wait, there's another person. Like I actually have to keep (laughs) going so I can beat this other person. And then of course, Chad Burke drafted me and passed me and then ended up, you know, (laughs) making his merry way ahead because uh I had that like slim band of good throttle and he got past me and then I got pushed because of wind from a semi and I lost my good band of throttle
2: mm. and
1: then at that point I was like f like we're just gonna refill with gas it's fine
2: mm-hmm. so
1: we stopped and I think we did a switch out at that point and then you know Rosanna was a champ as well with again like more technical riding and being able to find that needle position thereafter Mm -hmm. um and then we ended up at the the two little hotels i think that was in bend technically
0: bend and haynes and how they were i'm still going to complain about those bend and haynes you guys have no right to charge those rates for hotels in their ship pot towns like yeah 100 God, that's still chaps my ass, uh, chaps me because i didn't get to sleep in either in my hotel so but whatever Um
2: uh, well, that was
1: also uh zach and i finally made it over to one of the hotels because at that point like uh later that night i remember mars cowboy and fred were like scrambling to work on their bike but zach and i go over there and went to go up to one of the rooms and we just pulled up behind and Team meets bike and your bike, I think, had been locked together. Yep. And one of them had fallen over.
0: Yep. I'm Zach pretty sure it was, our, like, yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah, it was Team meets. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mars. Yeah, it
1: was probably Team Meat's. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have I a kickstand. Well, Zach and I, like, were calling Mars and Fred because we found these bikes just, like, in a heap on the ground. Mm. And then we're, like, trying to stand them back up. And Team Meat's bike was heavy as hell to try mm-hmm. to, like, heave up. And then we're just kind of, like, awkwardly propping them because we're, like, they're going to fall over again. They need to bring their kickstand. So we called, and then, thankfully, Mars and Fred rolled up and then actually, you know, had their pipe in the, the wooden kickstand. So
0: that <laughs> Yeah, guys, why didn't you do the first time? Um, yeah. yeah. Guys. I think
1: everybody like we were also dying at that point, too, and definitely needed to take a break for food. Everybody
0: we, took a break. Like a bunch of us went to a steakhouse. Everybody uh,
1: like kind of split out and took a little bit of a breather, I think, at that point as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I think the rest of the night it was like you team meet and uh urban decay we're working on bikes in the back of that hotel parking lot
0: so much like i yeah and everybody's heard this from me a thousand times but i don't care it's my podcast so yeah i um put a new final drive in i put a new piston in um had to break it in team meat was still struggling with their bike um because they weren't finding the performance they wanted did you guys did you guys on never dnf did you have to do anything that night
1: at that point we were just like this carburetor is like not really cooperating but this is the only one that we have so we're gonna make it work so Mm -hmm. i think we tried just a teeny bit of jetting and then just left it alone and saged
0: you saged the bikes or kelly
1: rosanna did rosanna that's who it was and sage the bike for us yeah, um, to try to dispel and and bring us good luck for the last two hundred seventy one miles that were left <sighs> on the last day.
0: That was such a uh, long. That was a shit. You know what? I'll say it. The last day se- felt kind of short.
1: Yeah, By because,
0: that point. Yeah, like because we had just rode how two hundred eighty miles. We that was kind of a long run. Like yeah, like between two thirty and two eighty. So, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. because I remember Mars wanting to break this day up. Like, yeah. And and the initial plan, Mars was like, yeah, I tried to get him to break it up. It was like, and that's fine. I'm glad we had more bone crushing days. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
1: So it it was rough. And then we knew we had that last bit left. And then we just decided to leave it alone. And then it was nice because I think at that point, um, I think that night, Uh, Never DNF sort of did split a little bit, so Kelly had a room to herself to chill out. Rosanna went with Cowboy. I went with Urban Decay, Um, and then it was funny because Rosanna and I ended up in the hotel pool. We walked up right at like 9:55, like right before they were closing it. And then the hotel like lady that was there was like, "All right, like I'll let you guys stay." So she ended (laughs) up letting us stay until like 10:30.
2: That's and awesome. it was really
1: nice because then we just got a chance to, like, sit in a hot tub and chill out for a little while.
0: I put my feet in that hot tub for a while, uh, I think right after dinner. Uh, yeah. it was so good.
1: So then, then there's the occurrence of that night, which I don't think very many people realize. So at that point, Urban Decay had realized that their bike, their back wheel was starting to break spokes. And so mm-hmm. they wanted to respoke that tire. So somehow I managed to sleep through them using a hairdryer and a bunch of other tools to take their back wheel apart and respoke the whole wheel. Because, like, I, I went to the hot tub, and then I went up, I took a shower, and I just passed out because I was exhausted.
2: But Everybody they all was, came yeah. up
1: later and did all of that until, like, three in the morning, and I just mm-hmm. didn't wake up. I was just dead to the world.
2: <laughs> um
1: and then Sam Zach and Nova got giggles out of it the next day because they're like, we just don't understand how it didn't disturb you while we were doing this.
0: Cause you had been on a moped for like Forever. eight days at this point. Like yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I got my sleep, everybody got their shit together, and then we had that last day. Mm-hmm. And that last day, I had opportunities to ride the moped. But I was just kind of like, I'm good, like I'm okay <laughs> sitting back at this point and just bringing us home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so and that's kind of did...
0: apropos that like those two finished the day out because they were the first two riders,
1: mm-hmm. like day
0: one. They are the first two and they're the last two. So like it all kind of full circle. Came full
1: circle. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So Kelly started us off that day. And then I think we still we were having that issue of still having only a little band in the throttle where the mm-hmm. bike would run really well. And then that gets really freaking tiring to hold for most of the day. Mm-hmm. So um, the day previous to that, I think Rosanna had done a lot to finish us off coming into that tiny town. And then Rosanna ended up finishing off that last day. Initially, we were thinking that Kelly would finish because... <sighs> Kelly started us off, Kelly's bike, like, full, full circle.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: Kelly started that day, and then it was just a really long day, and we were trying to get the throttle to cooperate. Had the really pretty views of Mount uh, Rainier.
0: Was it Rainier? I thought it was Hood.
1: Sorry, it was Mount Hood. I was going to um, say,
0: I'm usually terrible at names. I yes, got you up
1: no, to once. You got it. You're, you're on your names tonight. <laughs>
2: um,
1: yeah, Rainier is further north. But, uh, yeah, so had the beautiful view of Mount hood. And then also there was that period of time. I don't know if you were, I don't think you were far enough back to deal with it, but there was definitely, that was the only day that we started to have a bit of rain.
0: Oh yeah. I remember, I remember looking like it was to my left rear and like I was running. Like, I'm like, Fuck yeah. this like, yeah. Like I was terrified and I got yeah. a sprinkle or two. Like uh, when I say a sprinkle or two, I literally mean a sprinkle or two. So
1: So we had like tried to keep stops very minimal that day because that rain was rolling in and that would have been some whole other crap to deal with at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we made a couple of little incidental stops just to check on things. And other than that, like Kelly took us a fair distance and then Rosanna switched in and Rosanna brought us home. Um, Found that like, perfect little spot in. And then it was also fun because I feel like that was the point where we shifted from like really still rural riding to more urban riding. Mm-hmm. And you started to come into Oregon and then there into Portland and then there was all of the cars.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's just a point where like Rosanna kind of glanced back because it was like a, a stop and there was starting to be congregating traffic. And we mm-hmm. were just like, you know what to do, like do the thing. We're in the city. And then she yeah, goes, yeah. Well, through the cars. And then just kept going and then got ahead of us. And we're, like, peeking behind her, like, or peeking at her from behind, just making sure she's, like, still keeping a good flow of traffic. And then, like, less than three miles away from the finish, like, we stopped because the bike was just not running super well. And then Rosanna was like, I think we fouled the plug.
0: Yeah. Like, you fell, like, I don't know how many thousands of feet of elevation we fell.
1: Yeah. Yeah and at that point we're just like don't don't touch it just like just keep going if the bike's Mm -hmm. not broken we're just finishing like we're gonna finish the thing um that day was also rough because i think see you soon so we had been very dead last and then see you soon had like their catastrophic break and that was the thing that they ended up getting welded to fix Mm -hmm. but we passed them and there was a moment where it was like oh shit like do we need to drag their bike back for them because they were in Rigsby's car and would not have been able to pack it back but they dug their heels in and like really made that happen Mm -hmm. um and then again good Samaritans in the Pacific Northwest helping out with the with the welding um but yeah so we finally made it in and then it was really it was very I think also emotional and kind of cool because at one point, like I think it was Grom Kyle who was hosting Rolls Up and sort of like brought us in and shepherded us the last like three miles.
2: And there was a point
1: where I'm like driving and Kelly rolled down the window and like stuck her arm out to like high five him as we're going. And it was just like really cool um, to have the reception as you're like finally stumbling in. into portland after this like crazy long endeavor and and suffering as maitland would say that we all just did together
2: yeah
0: um it was rad to see you guys come in um i remember we all kept on thinking like we just wanted everybody to make it that day and like everybody Mm -hmm. who started that day did finish that day Mm -hmm. um whether it be team hoarder with their broken exhaust um me like vapor locking at the bottom of Mount hood um oh jesus Jesus. i was right oh yeah Uh, yeah yeah um how how uh how stressed were
1: you at that point were you just when i'm seeing everybody
0: when i see um when i see well i saw people pass me for various reasons but like when I saw Bag of Holes pass me, when I saw Team Meat pass me, when I saw Urban Decay pass me, like, I was freaking just like, oh, I just, I, I, and like, it was it was vapor locked out of gas. I had pulled reeds. I was pulling this, that, or anything. I'm like, I am pushing this bike. I've ridden 1,800 miles. I am pushing this bike. I just want
1: know. to be done. We're almost yeah. there.
0: Yeah. And like, it was so. And once it was over, it was like, we all, I felt a weird bond that we all even got closer and Mm -hmm. like, it was really rad. And like, that's why us at the finish line, like nobody knew I was coming in because my glimpse had stopped. So like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden everybody, like, there was no big cheering thing for me. Like you guys got, which is awesome and really Mm -hmm. rad, but like, I just came around the block and all of a sudden, like, I just saw people running out quick and like Travis, uh, Travis tutorial, like he greeted me at the, at the finish line. So like, that was pretty cool for me, but like, what was it like for you rolling up finally
1: there? So I remember like Rosanna was pulling up, um, cause she was on the bike and I sort of slowed way down because I wanted to like film it while I was driving, which was (laughs)
2: like,
1: don't do that. That's dangerous kids. But, um, we're like idling slow in this residential neighborhood and i just and plus
0: come on now of all the dangerous shit we did on bakers that is that's that's like not in top 10
1: yeah so i like whipped out the phone and then was kind of like idling down the residential street sort of slow and then i got that like brief moment of like confetti pop and then everyone just like flooded onto the street for rosanna (laughs) and then i was like you know kind of a knot in your throat because you're like oh my god like this is over like I can't believe we finished we actually did just do this thing um and then you bail out you just get to see all of your friends and it's like kind of it is an emotional thing because you just Mm -hmm. like you you just did this massive adventure together and you finished um and then I also remember too because of course like Zach was doing really well like Zach was in a position where like Urban Decay had something to lose had Mm -hmm. they had any crazy bad problems that day and they did have a few stops that I remember seeing on Glimpse and I got really nervous because I I knew that like Zach Sam and Nova were in a really competitive spot and I like didn't want to see them lose that so they so I ended up finding Zach like Zach came and found me almost immediately once we stopped And Mm -hmm. then I remember also asking him. And so it's like, I was really happy and emotional because we finished, but then it was also really cool because I was like, Zach, like what was your guys' final time? Like, I saw you at stops. Like, is it okay? And he was like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, like we're, we're good. Like we made this as well. Yeah. And so I was talking to him about their final time and how their day went. And then we all just had the opportunity to party and hang out and it was really cool. Um, sort of the same vibe as yellowstone where everyone could just now like exhale a big breath and then just hang out and like drink together and have food and party and it it was a really like nice atmosphere
0: yeah it was great and the cutters did a great job of hosting us and like the bit i felt kind of bad because that band was good but like i didn't want to rock out like That I could hear, I I I mean, like I I was I'm in that music. I was like, I'm tired. I wanna, I went and got my own hotel so I could be away from everybody and like kind of process everything and, um, got to ride around Portland a bit the next day. Um, that was that was just fun. Like, it was a tiring experience, but like I'm so grateful everything we all went through together. Um. And now you're talking, like, how you you fell in love even more with mopeds now because of it after, after a little reflection, it sounds like.
2: Yeah,
1: like, because I think it was really gratifying having the opportunity to, like, do all of this troubleshooting, like, yes, in a very stressful and intensive way, but you really get to see the products of, like, what can happen when you make these changes and the bike runs well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Like, I think I definitely have some takeaways as far as, like, you know, how I would approach it differently or, like, what I would do in terms of organizing, um, like, just, like, logistical things on the side of being on a team better. But, yeah, like, uh, so I ended up since Bakers, I actually, I'm now at net three mopeds, <laughs> um, Because I had the Magnum and then actually Sam talked me into buying a seized Peugeot 103. So that is going to be my winter project. I'm going to get it nicely powder coated. So I'm incentivized to finish the project after I start, but I'm going to turn that into like, you know, the, the glittery orange pumpkins that you would find at the Dollar Tree. Okay. So I'm going to do like a triple coat of like disco tangerine. And it's nice. going to be super sparkly. Um, I don't hate it's, it. It's going to be a lot of fun once it's like put together, but that'll be the winter project. Um, and then I actually went up to net three mopeds because we went down to the Philly rally and I had one, one of the raffle bikes.
0: Oh, awesome. Which one did you get?
1: It was the maxi. Okay. So it, it was also really messed up because it was Zach's birthday. So I got like 40 bucks in raffle tickets and I split them in half and I gave Zach half. And then they called the raffle ticket. And the one that got the bike was the last one before Zach's half of the
2: raffle
1: (laughs) And I was super pumped because like, then we realized like, so it's a ZA 50 maxi um, that Rich had worked on down in Philly. And it has like, it had a power dynamo on it. It had like nice, like wheels that i was looking at buying because mm-hmm. you can convert them like the five star uh maxi wheels you can convert so you can do a disc brake
2: yep
1: and so it had those on it it was like a bunch of parts that i was looking at buying for my magnum and then i just like won this running bike with all of these parts on it it was i feel like it was super anticlimactic because the philly folks were like yeah like do burnouts do interesting things and i was just like holy crap like i'm stunned They just went from like no running mopeds to like a running moped I went to the rally without a running moped and then this happened so I was just like I don't want to hurt it right now (laughs) um yeah so didn't do anything too spicy with that until we put like a temp sensor on it just to make sure it wasn't gonna die yeah yeah um but yeah it's it's just been really cool like seeing how it works out uh with trying these different permutations and really like taking the time to tune a bike
2: Mm -hmm. so I definitely
1: finished the rebuild on my own Magnum after we got back. And then the current ongoing project with that is redoing the wiring harness entirely to put a power dynamo on it. Nice. Um, Just because it was, it was a moped, you know, lots of Mm -hmm. people hacked up the wiring before I got it. And so it Uh it just needed some help.
0: It's generally what you kind of almost have to do at this point with any moped you have, like just, throw what's left away in the trash or wiring and start over it's four wires it's not that big a deal
1: yeah so like we're eating that into the sun and then redoing it fresh and it's gonna be a super fun project i don't know that i would run like ever run my magnum in something like baker's because like no it is just a good reliable like nice bike it's also heavy mm-hmm. um but yeah, like it's it's just very much shifted, I think, how I approach mopeds. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it more for seeing and appreciating like the depth and breadth of what people can do to the mopeds.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you got all glitchy there now. So I think, uh-oh, I can't hear Sierra anymore. So we... You know what? At that point, I think we're going to say, Sierra, thank you very much for coming on Second Chance, a moped podcast. Um, it's been awesome getting to know you even more. And don't forget, mopeds are dumb. Thanks, Sierra.